You're listening to Oh Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Hi guys, thank you for listening to the new episode of Yoshi Didn't. I'm here with my uh, new internet friends, Chad and Elijah. Hey guys, can you, um, how do you pronounce your podcast? I mean, when, for, you know, first time I saw the name of your podcast, I thought it was a new version of NAFTA or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's, uh... So it's, it's, it's WTFATTA podcast in Canada. Uh, you want to explain to everyone what it stands for? Well... It's W-T-F-A-T-T-A, but the real name of it is What the Fuck Are They Talking About? And I know that that's a long-ass name for a podcast, but for some reason it fucking stuck. And (laughs) the reason we went with W-T-F-A-T-T-A was only because that's what would fit on Twitter. (laughs) We couldn't fit the entire other thing in, so we figured we'd make it just simple like that. So it's What the Fuck Are They Talking About? Not W-T-F-A-T-A or whatever other fucking thing you could think Uh. of. (laughs) Well, I, I really appreciate you guys doing this because um, I did your podcast and you guys are very kind and it was a fun conversation and um, I want everybody to listen to your podcast and, you know, learn a lot more about Canada, which, let's be honest, Americans take Amer- Canada for granted, you know, so I think um, they should listen to your podcast because you guys are close allies and friends of ours and uh, I think yeah. most America, more Americans should be going up to Canada, and uh, we should appreciate, you know, just like we should appreciate Mexico, Mexico too. So yeah, well, exactly. Uh, um, oh, it's an honor being on here, man, and thank you for having us. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, it, dude. Oh no, I'm th- no, thank you. I mean, believe me, my my podcast is not a, you know, just um, it's not anything special, but I appreciate you guys doing it. It's so, Chad and uh, Elijah, um, can you tell the listeners? What part of Canada you guys are living in right now? Doing this podcast right now? We're from uh, we're from a little town that's about an hour and a half west of Ottawa, and it's called Pembroke, Ontario. And it is uh, it's a piece of shit. It's really, there's really <laughs> nothing here. There's a Walmart. There's a bunch of schools. There's a fuckload of old age homes. And I mean, you go to the mall on ten o'clock ten o'clock in the oh. morning, and it's a sea of gray. It's just all old people. Know, that's know, all that's here. It's all it's not just old people. I honestly think that we are the baby capital of Canada. Well, yeah, and you'll see more <laughs> girls here that are 14 pushing a stroller than anywhere else in the world. I almost guarantee it. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, it's crazy here, man. It's kids having kids, like, everywhere. In a town of 14,000 people, there is so many teenage pregnancies. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a goddamn pandemic. You can't find a single woman that doesn't have a kid. No, but, I mean, that's not always bad, but it, it well, is. No, but, it's... I mean... When that's your only options, it's like, okay, all right, well. I mean, sorry, I've, I've been down that road raising someone else's kid before, so. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Have you have you guys traveled to the States at all? Yep. Yeah, um, I've been to uh, Chicago. Uh, I went to Niagara, New York. I, uh, the Seneca Casino there, actually. Uh, fuck, that tripped me out. That was the first place I've ever been able to uh, smoke indoors, because in Canada, we can't smoke indoors anywhere. 
except for like inside your own house. So there I am inside a casino and I see this old lady light up beside me. I'm like, well, fuck, if security isn't going to bum rush her, I should be okay. <laughs> you know, I, I forget. I'm. How old are you guys, by the way, if, if I may ask? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, this is Chad. I'm 25. And then uh, I'm 29. Elijah's almost okay. 30. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, pretty near. Okay, I'm way older than you guys. I'm old enough to remember flying international domestic flights in Japan and Asia. People are smoking airplanes. I forgot. You Shit. Know? I can't even believe that. That's so fucking foreign to me now to even think. Like, we're not allowed yeah. to smoke in parks in Canada. Yeah. You're not allowed to be out in a park and have a cigarette. You could get a fine. So I, mean, I think I, I think some airlines. I wouldn't imagine. I, I would imagine places like Africa and maybe even Middle East. They probably let you smoke anyway. But the, re, the the reason I was asking you about visiting the states because what's your town comparable to in the states? Like you know, well, if you, I, I would think if you were thinking like Midwest states, you know, like farm country, sort of small yeah. town farm yeah. country. That's pretty well what it's like. Like, people around here usually have more guns than teeth. That's a, that's uh-huh. a thing, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. redneck country, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I've often made know, a joke about this, uh, this place being three generations from wrong turn. <laughs> yeah, almost. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it sounds so strange to me because I don't really associate Canadians being rednecks at all. <laughs> you know? Because, but then again, I've only visited Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal... I did go Saskatoon, so that was a little weird, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, those guys in the plains, something's up there. Yeah, there's something in the water over on that fucking side of the country. <laughs> but, but I have to say, Canadian strikes me more enlightened, and I think that's just realities. And I mean, if you're uh, next to a superpower country, you tend to have a incentive to know more about that country. It's, ne- it's yeah. never other way around. I mean, even in Scandinavia, I notice Norwegians know more about Sweden because Sweden is more culturally significant compared to Norway. So, you know, that's 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 the nature of the beast, I guess. Oh, it totally is, man. And you look at it, too, like you're saying, the States is a fucking superpower. So we really have no choice but to go along with that and sort of learn that stuff, because, I mean, whatever happens there, we usually get dragged into anyway. Yeah. And, we're uh, you know, we're also located you know, more northern than the States. So whereas Mexico could go south to uh, to deal with things, we're pretty much stuck with the States or else, you know, going out to the sea. Yeah. So, and I mean, you have to, we have to get along. <laughs> There's yeah. no other choice. Yeah. But it's true. Like so, a lot of Americans don't know a lot about Canada. And even us, we know a lot about the States too and not a whole lot about Canadian fucking history. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that right? So you actually know more about... American history than your own history? Well, to be honest, there, I had one history class in high school that was Canadian history, and the yeah. rest was all world history shit. So, I mean, yeah. we learned more about... Because, I mean, the States is usually involved in World War II, World War One. They're involved in all the big shit, so that's what we learned about the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. It's, Interesting. It's, it is, man. It's very strange. I don't really understand <laughs> it, but... Yeah. The way it I is. bet you I could name more presidents than I could prime ministers. Oh, abs- 100%. So could I. And that's fucked up. <laughs> so, um, you guys started this podcast, and I know you guys are a fan of uh, you know, Joe Rogan, Death Squad, and things like that, but um, um, did you have a, like, a different mission while you guys were to do the podcast? Um, 
I'm sure in some respect it changed your life, right? Because people from overseas listen to your podcast and re respond to you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I... Honestly, man, we started it about four months ago now, maybe almost five. And I've had the idea... Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's all we've oh. been... We've got 70 episodes out now, and we haven't even been going six months yet. So we've <laughs> been hitting this motherfucker into glue hard. <laughs> but, I mean, we started it just for the fact that literally there's nothing else to do in this town. And this is the shit we do anyway. We sit around, we shoot the shit, we smoke some joints, so why not do it in front of a microphone? Because, I mean, we're laughing and having a good time, so we figure there's probably some other people out there that want to hear this dumb shit, too. So, really, that's the only reason. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I mean it's, I, I, we do have the insightful conversations, too. I mean, every so often when we're over at your uncle's place, I mean, we can go real deep into conversations and explore them. Right. That's what I love about, uh, about this and, and the guests that we have on is that they're all so open-minded and able to bring so much to the table. Well, that's it, too. The, it's the... The chance, like Joe says on his podcast all the time, to sit and talk with somebody for two hours or an hour doesn't happen in normal day life. You know what I mean? So for us to be able to talk to you and talk to Adam Scorgi and fucking Dirty Myths and everybody else, it's just a, it's like a community thing. It just brings people closer together. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I, I'm always surprised when I get a Facebook message or email from just weird places in the world like, I don't even know how they found my podcast, why they listen to it, and um, it's really fun. I mean, it's a, I have to say, internet hurt me career-wise working for pornography business, but um, it's great in that I met and um, continue to meet people overseas in the States and maybe even Canada, hopefully, when I have a permission to go back up there. But, I mean, that part, I really, really uh, appreciate, and I'm, ama I'm still amazed by when people are contacting me about it. So, um, so having said that, what, what do you guys usually talk about? I mean, what, what's your, some of your favorite um, episodes and things like that? Um, I have uh, a couple of personal favorites where we delve deeper into topics. Um, as much as I, I hate it, uh, the great peanut debate is actually one of my uh, favorites because it was such an intense discussion. Um, that was akin to honestly uh, sort of went down on DVD ASA. It transcended the podcast and left the room and went into real life. Uh, that was one of the episodes that really almost fucking ended the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Wait, we... what happened? if you could just, you know, quick summary, what happened? Yeah. Well, I was going to say that it's actually a pretty funny story because I can literally say that this argument was over peanuts <laughs> because it was so. Elijah here was talking to a guest that we have on a lot, and we call her Trainwreck Tracy, and mm. she's on all the time. And Elijah and her were having a debate about anaphylactic peanut allergies in schools. And it, it eventually turned into this whole thing where they were both yelling at each other because <laughs> Elijah had a heart condition, and he didn't have the type of fucking stuff that like peanut allergy kids do nowadays. And it just they literally started fighting on the podcast, and then I had to deal play fucking middleman for two weeks and settle shit down. <laughs> but it was yeah. over an imaginary anaphylactic kid with a peanut allergy yeah, that didn't exist. neither of us have any relation to any sort of child that has anaphylactic issues no. but that that was one of the the episodes that's more of a like a personal sort of just within the podcast sort of bullshit that happened but some of my favorites are honestly like like kidnapped for christ yep and people that have a story to tell that they're, they're working on a documentary or they they experience something in their life where they 
they have a life story to tell. And that's honestly the shit that I find the most interesting is just talking to people from different walks of life that have mm-hmm. experiences nothing like my own. Uh, I got to come I'll say two things. One, you know, sometimes you have, you're having a bad day and, I, you know, I don't know this person that you guys are talking about, but sometimes, you know, sometimes bad timing and then, you know, conversation starts. And believe me, I've been in plenty of conversation where getting big fight at the end of it, I'm thinking like, Jesus, that wasn't even worth it, you know, <laughs> because we're both upset. We're both sweating. And I feel like, you know, it's not like you're trying to protect your name or manhood or something, but you feel like you almost feel like you need to punch the other person just to make a point. Like, yeah. But like, it's always over, over nothing. One of my friends, I don't want to give his name away, but he had a very, uh, very good job. I mean, you know, high six figure job. And Dang. without getting detail, he lost a job because it was over fantasy football. Like he beat, he kept beating, <laughs> He kept beating his boss, and it just got under the guy's nerve. <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't oh. know how much my friend was making, but I don't know, four or 500000 a year. And to think wow. you're going to lose, you ended up, I think he ended up leaving for some reason. Well, well, because of that reason, but I mean, fucking over a... Fantasy in- fucking football. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, fucked yeah. up. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh you know he's God. got a he's got a wife and a kid and like to think you could lose a job or you you decide to leave a job simply because someone is upset that your imaginary team is beating his imaginary team. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what this was but, like, man. It was an imaginary anaphylactic kid that almost fucking ended the podcast. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> I was just sitting in the middle of it, thinking, "What the fuck's going on here?" And they're both mad, and they're both coming to me and talking to me, and it's true, like. It's, there's sometimes you just you got to separate a podcast from reality or a job from your life. There's those yeah. points where you're right. If you're having a bad fucking day and it's you lose your shit over fantasy football, I mean that's fucking nuts. That's ridiculous. And, and it's not like when people are arguing, both sides are that reasonable at times. When you get when you're angry, you're angry. You you just want to hurt the other person badly. And I think I think this is my theory. I think people listen to it. It's not that they want to take sides. They just like the fact that people are arguing and fighting over over nothing. Yeah. I mean, there, there's times I see people fist fighting. I don't really care why they're fighting. You just want to see people people fight, right? So exactly. world star. Yeah, world star hip hop, best fight videos ever. Yeah, and I I think people could relate to the part of being frustrated because sometimes we ended up being in an argument or fight that. We didn't really care, but like we're kind of dragging into it. So I, th- I think maybe people find that amusing, but it's really tiresome, especially when you're 44. It's, 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 it's I mean, it's, it's stuff that, stuff that happened with me and David Cho, for those of you who listened to the previous episode. Um, is it funny at some level? Yes. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, <laughs> but yeah, but is it, but is it pleasant? And then, then, uh, it was it worth it. No. I wish, no. I, I wish, looking back, I wish I never done the podcast, you know, it was not even worth it, but we, I just feel like, at least I feel like sometimes when you cross that line, either myself or the Dave or both of us, unfortunately we cross that line and I don't, I don't know how un, 
undo it, you know. You burn the um, bridge and you don't know how to fix it. Well, I I have to admit, man, I watched a lot of DVD essay, and I'm not going to fucking pick sides and all that shit, but all I'm saying is you did seem to be the whipping boy a lot, and I mean, it is. It was Dave's podcast. It is Dave's podcast, but you did take a brunt of a lot of bullshit. You barely ever got a word out, and I mean, it was just, it, it was fucking... It was frustrating to watch because I, I know from your point of view, you're probably thinking, like, what the fuck? Because I've heard you mention on podcasts before that you're an older Asian guy. So in that, in like the Asian community or whatever, it's it's hard to take that sort of shit from a younger Asian guy because of the whole respect issue admit, and all of that. I, I, I have to admit, there's a little bit of that. Um, uh, believe me, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm used to having people yelling at me. That that wasn't it. I think more than anything, most of the time, I mean, there's, I think half of it, I was just puzzled why, why he couldn't, why I couldn't see it his way and why he couldn't see it my way, you know. And um, do you guys ever watch the episode The Wire? Do you ever watch The Wire? Yeah, I have never seen it. So yeah, take it, Elijah. I've never watched The Wire. I've only seen a couple of episodes, but I have seen it. Yeah. There was an episode where, I don't know, maybe this is trivial, but there's an episode where a bunch of cops in two different rooms, they're trying to move this um, giant table out of the room. And they're stuck for like a long time and they they just couldn't get it out. They just figure they were stuck in a a doorway. Well, what happened was both sides were assuming which direction the table was supposed to go in. So they're pushing against each other that's why they're stuck in it so you know what i mean so i guess my point was if you don't talk to people sometimes people don't know your intentions you know yeah and 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 um uh i'm not a perfect person not another day but I, I i will tell you some funny um something funny that i heard recently <laughs> it's right. funny to me it's funny to me but <laughs> Uh, okay, it's funny to me, but it's probably not funny to anyone. It's basically, <laughs> I'm hooked already. Yeah. I got to hear this. Now. I want to know now. Too. No, no. I, I, actually, more I think about it, it it's not funny. But um, so my my friend Jonathan is a great friend of mine. He represents Jim Norton, the great comic Jim Norton. Nice, and, amazing um, comic. Amazing comic. And Jim recently did DVD essay. Um, and I wasn't there, obviously, but what I heard from a couple of the people, uh, Critter, who's on the show, and Jonathan, uh, Jim was great, which I, I know that for sure. And then, um, and even Critter, who I saw in San Diego Comic Con like two weeks ago, he was just blown away by how funny and honest he was. Well, and, and Dave, Dave, you know, he, he, he liked Jim's comedy, uh, especially now, but... It took him five, six years to um, realize that. <laughs> realize that because yeah. when I said when I used to send Jim's comedy, I guess Dave didn't think it was that funny or didn't get it, you know, which is strange. And it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence, or whatnot. It it just whatever you do, all of us, you know, whether you're a carpenter or a doctor, people who don't work in your business. They might have opinion about it, but they don't know as well as people who are working in that business. Like, um, I'm a D or E or F-less comic, so 
I, you know, I'm not in a position to tell anyone um, if I'm funny or not. But I could tell, I could say for hundred percent certain, Jim is not only a funny guy, but he's one of the greatest comic around, and he does something so different from most average comic like myself, which is, of course, he makes you laugh hard, but his material is so clever and original, and he really makes you think and help you become more self-aware about yourself and um, just more aware of what's going on outside of yourself, you know? So, you know, it took Dave like five, six years to figure that out. As a comic, it was so obvious to me from the beginning. Just like if Dave tell me stuff about art, I, I don't know. There's no way. I might have an opinion of what I like, but I don't know as much as Dave. There's no way. I mean, there's. I remember a time... Dave was explaining to me how great Hitler's artwork was, technically speaking. He didn't say Hitler was a great person, but he said when it comes to art, it wasn't bad. He explained, The way he explained it to me was like, you know, like Don Cherry giving you a breakdown in a hockey play or something, you know? Yeah. Well, so, and the only reason I'm telling you about Dave is because I have a blind sign, you know? I, there's things that I did on the show or things I might have done with him that he didn't appreciate. Maybe they, I should admit I was wrong. But I, I got to say, honestly, and this is not something that I'm trying to, like, turn people against Dave or anything, but there's times when Dave is saying stuff and doing stuff that either he he didn't fully acknowledge that he was doing something wrong to people or overlook it, but he was very sensitive when people do the same shit to him. So... I think when you hear a great comedy like by Louis C.K. or Bill Burr and Norton and Patrice and Stan Hope and Rogan, it's it's not just about laughter, man. They, they just make you see the world in a better light. You know, honestly, all the beautiful things and all the ugliness, you know, that's why I like those comedians. And, um, and I'm glad he finally saw it for what it was for Jim. But Well, yeah. I mean, like you're saying, with all those comedians, they – they take the real world how it is and they make you see it in a different sort of light. It's not just like the normal comedian that'll or a different type of comedian that'll get up there and make dick jokes. And I mean, that's funny yeah. shit, too. But I mean, it is like the Rogans and stuff that they're, they're almost like a modern day philosopher, you know, where they're using comedy to sort of convey a message to look deeper into things. And I, and I think that's important nowadays because a lot of people just take shit and and run with it you know and they never really think too deep into anything but that's what those comedians offer which is fucking amazing like those um <clears throat> excuse me like when you watch like the daily show and colbert report i think most young people don't really read about current events and things like that but those guys are so funny kids are actually listening to current events and they're also learning and sometimes Without not knowing that they're loony, you know what I mean? They're, they're just watching it for laughter, but I think people like that always amaze me, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I, 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 I really appreciate it. I'm sure plenty of your listeners, when you guys are talking about yourselves and things that you guys are concerned about and uh, things that you guys laugh about, and I, I, love, I love hearing this story about your background in Canada because, I, I, you know, I never lived there. So I'm sure there's someone... Hundreds, thousands of people appreciate what you guys are saying too. You know. Well, right that's on. fucking awesome, man. I we just hope that yeah, if we if fucking five people listened, we would be happy. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, we usually take 
Like there was a there was a shooting that just happened in Toronto. It's what was it the TTC shooting? Yeah, the TTC streetcar shooting. Yeah, so a bunch of cops shot a guy that was on a streetcar with only a knife. The cops shot him nine times on the streetcar, and a shit like that doesn't happen a lot in Canada. But I mean, that's big fucking news up here right now. So I mean, we'll take stuff like that and talk about that and give an honest opinion on it because a lot of times, if you see that on the news, they're just gonna say. Cops had to shoot this guy that was going to attack people. But, I mean, if you dig a little, little deeper look on YouTube, find the different angle views of the thing. Even discuss the perspectives on the podcast that itself, saying, okay, maybe he was threatening people. Okay, maybe he was threatened. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take something that's going on and we'll discuss it. And that's what needs well, to what, be done. What, what, uh, if you don't mind, what race was he? Was he white or black or what was he? Uh, was I he believe Hispanic? he was, no, I believe he was Syrian. Oh, Syrian. Okay, so Middle Eastern then? Yeah. Uh, he oh. came here uh, five years ago uh, okay. to live with his dad. Um, he had no no priors, no nothing. Seemed to be a good kid. Um, not quite sure why he had a knife, but I mean, quite frankly, if I'm a Syrian in Toronto, I'm probably going to want to... i carry a knife too. Yeah, I'd want protection. But I mean, you look at this video and it's fucked up because the cops shoot him nine times and then they tase him. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy's on the bus. There's like seven cops out of the bus and he takes one step towards the cops and they shoot him nine fucking times and then tase him. Yeah. So you'll never really know what the hell was going on with this kid. If it was a mental health issue, if it was something actually happened, you'll never know. Yeah. I mean, how often, I mean... I mean, uh, how would I phrase this? How often does police brutality shit happen in Canada? Or, or is it like a... It, it's is, starting, is it pretty in, it, it's, it's becoming it's, more prevalent. Obviously, it's, it's, not <laughs> as, it's, it's, it's not as prevalent as the states, obviously. No. No, I mean, we watch cops up here, and the fucking videos that you see from down in the states are terrifying with the cops. But I mean, it's mm. happening a lot more up here now. But simply for the reason because I think maybe it happened down in the States a lot more and now Canadians are paying attention to how the fucking cops are acting because a lot of times they do act like fucking idiots. Oh, yeah. They'll act like assholes, but it's because people have cameras now that they can capture that. And there's actually, it's definitely, definitely not as prevalent as it is in the States because we don't have that population. Where was it that the law was passed? Um, or Actually, I don't know if it's actually a law, but there was something I had read where police are now claiming that cameras are a weapon. Yeah, well, I heard that too, that a cop can actually tell you to put your phone down because it could be a weapon. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. How? Just throw that? Why? If I'm going to throw my iPhone at him? And... <laughs> well, apparently yeah. there's some phones that are made with tasers in them, the, the shooting tasers. Oh. Are, so they think, oh, fuck, that could be a weapon. Nobody can record this. Only we can. And if we don't like what we see, we'll erase it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why people need those Google glasses. So you could just wear those motherfuckers all day. Go get the cops doing something shady. Come home, bang your wife. I mean, it's a win-win-win. <laughs> Everybody... Everyone's happy. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, I remember. Didn't you tell me before the podcast there's some story or documentary you guys want to promote before we continue on? You guys want to talk about that quickly before I forget? Uh, yeah, Kidnap for Christ. Um, this, okay. this is uh, an awesome uh, story about um, some documentary makers who went to... There are these reform schools that are run by... Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's Mormons, uh, primarily Mormons. Um, they're federally funded, but they're not federally uh, federally regulated. And 
what's going on is that these kids are sent to these schools for pretty much any reason. Like they're even headhunted through schools. Like uh, schools, um, if they have a student who doesn't conform 100%, we'll say like 99%, um, one of these headhunters will come in and say, okay, if you don't get rid of that child, you're not getting as much funding this year, so get them out and put them into this quote-unquote reform school to help improve their attitude. Wait, what are these? These are all over the states, man. That's the, the scary states, thing. Canada, Dominican. They're all over the place. And the one kid who was named David, which this movie Kidnap for Christ focuses on, was sent to a school called es like Escuela Caribe or something like that in the Dominican Republic. And it was because he was gay. His parents found out he was gay when he was like 16 or 17 and then sent him to the Dominican Republic to one of these reform schools to turn him straight, I guess they thought. So, oh, my and, God. Yeah, but, man, it's fucking scary because we've had a few people on that have actually been in these camp, like in these reform schools. And the abuse that happens is, uh, like, oh. you can't even imagine the, the terrible shit that happens to these kids in there. They'll, I, we've seen pictures that someone sent us from a place where they actually were, where there was a kid in a dog cage in the middle of the yard in the sun, and he was restrained by his, both of his fucking wrists were tied to the two corners of the cage and both of his legs. And he was out there for like a day and a half with no water, no nothing, just in a fucking cage. But they're not allowed to do that shit. And that's why this documentary really needs to get out is because people need to see that shit and not send their kids to those places. Yeah, because they, uh, they, they, they have it set up so that when you go and look at the website for these places, um, it looks like a place that you want to go to. Uh, Kidnap for Christ actually had us go to one of these websites and she said, well, what do you think? And I'm like, fuck, I want to go there right now. It looks like an awesome fucking place. Right, and I mean, not knowing what's out there, looking at something like that, I could easily see why some parents would fall into the the brainwashing. But it doesn't even just stop with the kids. These places also bring in the parents and kind of brainwash them too, and, and pressure them into uh, this kind of like group mob mentality. Where if even one member of that group steps out and says, "You know, I really don't think I want my kid to be in this place," the other ones will turn on them and say, "What? You don't think uh, your kid's good enough to be helped? You you want to just abandon your child and make them feel all guilty about it, right?" There's another scary thing too, and like Elijah was saying earlier, they're federal, federally funded, but not. Uh federally regulated federally regulated so if you open up one of these places in texas and they find out that you're beating kids or sexually abusing them you will get shut down in texas but you can go to fucking washington and open up a brand new place there give it a different name and you're good to go you can run a you can do the exact same stuff some of them can even go so far as to just changing the name of the building and starting up all over again they don't even have to move it's a very fraudulent man you would actually probably really enjoy talking to uh to kate the the producer and the director of that movie because it's a fucking mind blowing story. I, I I definitely have to check it out. And uh, do do you have their website or something in the phone name or? I think if um, you just like go to Google and type in "kidnapped for Christ," it should just be kidnappedforchrist.com. Yeah, but, it should all come up. Okay, and this is a religious institution. It's run by Mormons. Uh, primarily, I think there are some facilities that aren't run by Mormons, um, but they're not. But they're receiving, but they're receiving money from the government. Yeah, yeah, they're receiving money from the government to yeah to run the places, and like <laughs> they get shut down, and they just reopen up with a yeah. new name, and they keep on doing this terrible shit they do. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of money in this because you have to pay out. You have to pay more than it would cost to send your kid for private school. 
to oh, send your kids to one of these places. Here's something else that's crazy, too, that we were told by Kate. At this place in the Dominican Republic, if one of the kids gets out of the boarding school, the town will chase them down and get them because they get a reward for returning them back to the school. Oh, it's so it's, fucking scary, man. Oh, it's disturbing. No. It's literally a fucking nightmare. Like, it's crazy. They'll, they'll even lock the kids down. They, I forget what it's called. It's essentially like where you get sent in prison. What's that called? Solitary. It's like solitary. They'll put you in a... There was one girl or guy that we talked to who was yeah. in solitary for like eight months. Yeah. Eight months straight, he did not see another person. And this is at the time when they're like 14 to 18, the extremely developmental age when you're growing up. And for them to be locked in a dark room for eight months, that's like, that's fucking abuse. You know, it's scary. Fuck, you might as well call it Guantanamo Bay for kids. Oh, I mean, yeah. really? Well, it's even worse. Um, one of the people uh, got out of the um, out of that. Uh, reform school and ended up going to prison and said shit i had more rights in prison than i did in this fucking reform school like these kids have to ask if they can pick up a towel and then have to ask if they can you know dry themselves off with that towel they're not allowed to do anything without asking no and there's different levels when you go in so when you first go in you're a level one so that means you have no rights you're not allowed to to talk to anybody else other than the people that are in charge and you always have to look straight ahead even if you look left they can fucking punish you for that jesus oh it's, um, it's ridiculous wait give me the name of the movie again it's called kidnapped for christ that's what it's and okay. yeah and i think she has a kickstarter and everything going right now to uh to finish putting all the movie together and releasing it how did you guys get to see it? Uh, well, the first person we had on was actually in one of these, like one of these facilities. So we talked to him first because he was in there from the age of fourteen to eighteen, and then he had introduced us to Kate, which was the person that did that movie. So that's how we got in contact with her, and then she came on our podcast and and told us basically the story behind it, which is extremely fascinating. How did you find out? How did you find the first person? On, just through Twitter, man. Honestly, like uh, I don't know what it is, but I've found to be my, you myself. You are a Twitter god. I'm kind of good at the Twitter. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I'm whatever it is. People fucking, I talk to them and they end up wanting to come on. So I just had seen, I forget who it even is, but I saw his Twitter and I'm like, holy shit, this guy obviously has a story to tell. So I just tweeted him and said, hey, man, do you want to come on the podcast? And he did. Like it's Twitter. Twitter is an extremely powerful tool for for getting a hold of people like i mean even you like look at this i never we're in fucking canada you're in la Fuck. this would never happen without four Twitter. months ago never would i have ever yeah. thought i'd be talking with yoshi obayashi on the <laughs> yoshi didn't fucking podcast man this fuck still blows my mind well that's what the magic <laughs> of twitter that's what's so beautiful about twitter it connects everybody like that I, I don't know, guys. It sounds like more like punishment for you guys to talk to me, but okay. Um. <laughs> no, man. It's not punishment at all. It's a fucking honor, dude. Seriously, I've, right. uh, I've been looking forward to this all damn day. Work was so fucking slow. <laughs> I've been listening to your pod. I listen to every single episode of your podcast, and I was just listening to the ones where, with Chris Gore. He's talking about Comic-Con, and you were at Comic-Con, and uh, that big uh, fucking debacle that happened on the stage there with uh, the one girl. I can't remember her name. Yeah. But all that awkward shit that went. But, I mean, uh, yeah, man, it's fucking awesome to to listen to your shit and actually be on it. It's a fucking honor. Yeah, I just, you know, like, 
once again, going back to Dave, Dave, Dave liked those uh, crazy stories and like that. And it is, it is very entertaining, but you know, I, I just like, I just like to have conversation where you're just sitting with your friends or new friends and just having conversation. It does. It doesn't have to be fucking stressed out conversation or, you know, yeah, it can just getting, be shooting the getting shit. a fucking finger pointer. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's what I find a true podcast is. Uh, honestly, Dave DVD ASA to me is more of a TV show with drama and it's got all the characters and it, it's more. Hey, of... I, I got, but, but I got to hand it to Dave. He know what he's doing. And I know his, um, I don't know where I heard, but I know the ratings are huge for his show. I mean, oh yeah, huge. I was gonna say it's I fucking, mean, it is good, but it's not to me. It's not really a podcast because it's it's it is. But I mean, when it, it's it more like internet TV, exactly, exactly. It is. It's a good show, granted, but you I know, mean, it, to to sit and actually it, learn something and and be sucked into a conversation. I mean, that's more just sitting around shooting the shit, which is what a podcast yeah. should be, really. You know. I'll, I'll, I'll end uh, talking about Dave, but the DVDSA, you know, they got great awesome. She's, she, I mean, I got, I got to tell you, some people make judgment about people in porn business, but she, she can be a nicer human being and a very sweet person, and uh, she's a hard worker, and um, you know, she, she's a really fun, smart person to talk to. Bobby's great, and Critters, you know, he's, he's, um, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't have a good feeling with some of the people on the show, uh, but uh, Bobby and Asa and Critter, I, I. You could never get him angry with anyone named Critter, anyway. So he, he's a great guy on the show, and uh, you know they're going to do really well, and uh, um, you know wish them the best. Um, so going back with you guys, what where would you like? Where you guys want to go? You know, like a year, five years down the road with this show. I'd like I mean, to go what, right, I, right to the end. I'd love to get paid to do this for a, a living. You know, five days a week doing traveling around the world going to uh, different places interviewing people kind of like a, a vice thing but not so intense well we, yeah. we kind of toyed with the idea i mean honestly where we do it from now is in elijah's parents garage so this is a <laughs> fucking pipe dream and a half right now but honest to god what we really would like to do is like elijah said the ability to do it five five days a week for a two or three hour podcast every day if that could happen somehow i would definitely do it because, I mean, I love the fact that I get to talk to people. And if I could talk to somebody new every fucking day for a while and actually get paid to do it, that would that's be... That's fucking the... awesome. But I don't even know if that's possible. Like, I mean, podcasts, especially in Canada, aren't very big. I don't, they're almost non-existent. Yeah. Do you, do you have a theory why? I honestly think, I mean, in, the, in Toronto, it's a little bit... Pre anywhere where there's a lot of people. Like the Vancouver side, I'm sure there's podcasts there. But it's just... We don't catch on very quick up here in Canada. It takes a long time for not fads, but trends to catch on. How long did it take for high speed to get here? God damn. Well, yeah, high speed <laughs> internet. Exactly. That's just a couple years old. But <laughs> but it, I think that's why is just because shit doesn't get here as fast. And the fact that I've listened to Joe's podcast for so long, I and then branched out onto all the other ones. I just know and see, or I, I listen and I know what they're like. So, I mean, to be able to do that up here and when really I don't think anybody else is. So it was just something we figured, fuck it. Let's just roll the dice and do it. Yeah. I'm, gl I'm glad you guys did it. And I noticed, I noticed that too in, in most of the older, especially the big ones, the podcast shows are in L.A. Very few from New York City. Um, I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that in L.A., we have to drive a lot, so I, I thought maybe 
maybe, maybe drivers have to listen to something that they're interested in. I mean, I drove from L.A. to San, San Francisco, Sacramento last three months, I don't know, probably half a dozen times. You could kill a lot of time listening to, you know, Rogan's. Rogan's are great, like... You only listen to two episodes. You're you you're already there. You know and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I just wonder why why um, why it's such a big hit in L.A. and not so much in New York and the uh, rest of the world. But I, I think as far as comedy podcast goes, I think L.A. probably is the capital of the whole world. Oh, Definitely. It, it is, man. I mean, all the fucking big co- podcasts are, are from L.A. All of the comedy ones, all the comedians. I mean, except for Ari now because he's in New York. But I mean, before yeah. he moved there, I don't know anybody else from from the East Coast of the States that's doing that shit. It really does seem like a West Coast thing yeah. right now. Because a lot of the new car innovation starts in Southern California, too. But, yeah, I wish like, I wish like someone like Malcolm Glasswell who wrote... Um, outliner and shit like that i read that man that's an amazing fucking book yeah i wish somebody like that could explain to me why you know mark maron's what the fuck is here adam carolla jay moore joe rogan uh bright uh kreischer tom segura and, and christina Przinski, uh red band of course joey diaz i mean you know just on and on and on nerdist with uh chris uh i, I forgot his last name of son but um um they're all in L.A. You know, even my friend Chris Gore's um, pod crash is in L.A. So I'm, I'm sure someday someone someone will give you us a clever explanation why. But, you know, may, maybe this is something that might be advantage for you. You know, maybe part of your job in Canada is try, maybe to educate the public like podcasts is a new way to listen to new entertainment um, conversation without any sort of restriction, you know. You, you guys could be a player up there, you know, because I don't, I don't know any other big Canadian podcast shows. I mean, who's some of your competitors up in Canada? Honest to God, man, I can only name two other Canadian podcasts that I know of, and it's the Canadian Gamer Cast, and I don't even know anything about them. And then there's uh, Spitballing with JT. Yeah, and he's only done. And I'm not talking shit about him whatsoever, but I think he's only done 10 episodes in about a year. And I think the reason why people are fucking catching on to ours like they are is because we do something. We've done already two or three times where we've done seven podcasts in seven days. We just do, you know, an hour and a half every single night and put that out. So we're just constantly, constantly putting out new content. So I think that's why maybe people are a little bit more interested in ours than others. I don't know for sure if they are. But I'm just saying, I mean, when we put out 70 in four or five months, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> hard to compete with that. I'm not blowing yeah. my own horn or nothing. I'm just saying that's a lot of fucking episodes. No, but it's also great that I could just tell, listening to you guys, you guys have, um, what's a good analogy, uh, in basketball, you know, uh, Carl Malone and, and, and John Stockton, you know, did they could do stuff without even like telling other ones. Just, you know, if you do it long enough with one other person, um, you know, they, you know, you can almost anticipate what the other person is going to ask, what they're going to say. It's it's a good thing when you have a a partner, you could do the shem cell together. You know, so oh, that, yeah, I mean, oh, 
this is the second time me me talking to you guys, but I, I could sense like a good um, teamwork with you guys. Oh yeah, man, I I enjoy it. Like we both sort of have our own roles within the podcast. And I mean, Elijah is full fucking technical. He does everything. If it wasn't for him, this podcast wouldn't even be on the internet because I'm fucking retarded when it comes to to internet programming and all of that. So he's totally got that side locked down. And we were talking before the show, nine times out of ten, if I don't know something or whatever, he'll fucking have that answer. Or if he doesn't know, I'll have the answer. So we, and we do, we communicate oh, very yeah. well over the podcast when we're going so we it just works well it does i mean yeah. i couldn't ask for a better person to do the podcast with because it really does work out well and i gotta i gotta toot his horn for him on this one because honestly i may have been able to get the podcast up there but it wouldn't be as much of a hit if it wasn't for chad i mean he's he's the voice he is the uh, the twitter god i don't know how the fuck you manage to make the connections you do i'm usually sitting at work looking at the twitter going what the fuck <laughs> really are, are you what the J- jesus chad yeah all right fuck okay cool let's do it (laughs) so i mean we do we work very well we know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and we fucking just work off each other like that it really does work out well cool um i'd like to talk to longer uh, a lot so a couple of things so you know right after usa I get the second most download from Canada, and I'd like to know more about Canada, but what's, what's the state of Canada these days? Is there like, well, let me ask you, this, this royal family's uh, a new baby, is this, a, is this a big, is that a big news in Canada? Okay. I realize okay. Queen Elizabeth II is your figurehead, but I don't even what that means. I got, I got to tell you, man. I've always said, if that fat, wrinkly bitch of a queen walks through the door, there's no fucking way I'm bowing to her. And I will say that every day of the week. And I literally tried. I was listening to the radio when I was driving somewhere, and I heard them going to announce the sex of the baby. And I went to turn it down because I wanted to see how far I could get without knowing the sex of the baby. I didn't even make it a fucking day. It's ridiculous up here. It's like Canadians give a shit about that, and I don't know why. I wanted even to have a challenge with you. I was at work, and I was thinking about it like, all right, let's see how long we can go without finding out the name. And as I'm thinking that, I click a button on my phone to open up the newspapers, and boom, Prince George. Fuck! Son of a bitch. But yeah, man, uh, it's weird up here. It seems that a lot of the older generation Canadians still care about the royal family. Well, and one thing that really pisses me off is that anyone who applies for citizenship in Canada has to swear an oath to the Queen of England and all of her heirs. I've never sworn a fucking oath to the Queen. No, fuck Why that. The is fuck that right? Would... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? If you want to be part, if you want to be Canadian, you got to bow to the Queen. Yeah. Fuck her yeah <laughs> fuck that i've never sworn a fucking oath to her to fucking serve her and whatever whatever her fucking requests are suck that shit yeah I'd fli- <laughs> i would flip her off before i fucking bowed I, well you if i remember the history about the loyalists the people who were supportive of uk england from the states you know eventually left and moved to canada or back to uk yeah um yeah. and i mean canada's never had a bad relationship with uk has it i don't think it has not really. Um, I think the biggest kind of like issue was uh, after Vimy Ridge in World War One. We waited like two weeks to join in World War Two to say, "Hey, we're independent." That was a long <laughs> fucking time ago, though. It was, a sh- you know. Yeah, really. I <laughs> Lately, mean, though, no, we don't have problems with any countries, really. Well, that's because every country resides in Canada. <laughs> I've heard yeah. that people, even when they travel, they'll wear like Canadian fucking buttons and shit if they're from the states or a Canadian hat, so they people think they're Canadian. 
Which it, is funny because uh, if I, if I go traveling, I don't have any intention of ever putting a flag or any shit like that on my on my stuff. If someone asks me like, where are you from, I'm Canadian. So if you see somebody fucking all geared out in Canadian shit, you know they're not Canadian. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Canadians aren't going to go out of their way to put a flag on there because we're not thinking about putting a fucking flag on our shit. No, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Um, and you know, you know, I've been to places like Germany where because of World War II. They're very shy about even being proud of their country, mm-hmm. and I was I wasn't quite sure if the Canadian feel the same way. But I went to Comedy Store, which is a very famous comedy club down in L.A. on Sunset. Uh, my friend, and of course, he's a very famous person in Canada. Russell Peters, who were doing uh-huh. Canada Day, Canada Day comedy show. It was great. Um, I think that was one of the few times when I saw Canadians being almost like American in a way they were so proud of being Canadian. Like they play, they played the, you know, Canadian national anthem. And then I thought, I like seeing stuff like that. You know, I, I like hearing another country's anthem because I, I don't have an opportunity to hear that. So uh, it was great. Uh, who was there? Um, oh, Jesus. Angel Sarukas. Um, oh man. I, keep, I forgot that guy. He was in uh, one of, um, Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura movie. He played a cop, and oh, Jim Carrey he pissed in a can. Oh, and he got pulled fuck, over. What's his name? Oh, uh, fuck. and it. it was in Half Baked too. Um, shit, I can't. He was his... hilarious. I, I'm sorry. I'm. I mean, I'm a comic. I should know, but oh, he was great. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of other Canadian comics were there. It was fantastic. You know, that would be good, uh, man. And you said they did that down in L.A. Yeah, is it Harlan Williams? Harlan the... Williams. Yes, his name. There you it. go. Fuck, that yeah. was fucking me. <laughs> I was ready on IMDb trying to figure that out. <laughs> he was. He was great. I like his voice and mannerism. Um, Canadians are funny people, man. And um, I, I it, it's really embarrassing at times for me because I I moved here, so I know more about USA, and of course, I try to know more of. Um, Canada, but even Russell Peters was basically saying Americans take pride in the fact that they don't know shit about Canada. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be like that at all. But um, um, so let's talk about Canada. Like, like to, 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 let's not talk about anything negative. Just let's talk about all the wonderful things about Canada. Well, shit, I mean, there's uh, there's some fucking amazing parks here, like uh, Algonquin Park, just uh, right nearby where we are. That's like your Yosemite Park sort of thing. A big yeah. fucking. There is. There's a lot of nice stuff yeah. here, man. There really is. Canada's a great place. Actually, just recently, uh, there was a guy who, um, it took him a week of bushwhacking and dragging his canoe through the bush until he found the uh, the head of the river. And he was going across the river, and he's like, oh, shit, there's rapids up ahead. Oh, shit, there's not supposed to be rapids here. Oh, fuck. Wait, why does the end of the river disappear? Ah, oh, fuck. He just discovered a 12-meter waterfall that hasn't yeah. been found. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> there he is going over the edge. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> but no, man. Fucking Canada honestly is great. And like I said earlier with the the Toronto shooting and that, that shit happens very fucking rarely. Yeah. Like when yes. you flip on the news here in Canada, it's literally like a bunch of fluff. It's just fucking like Justin Bieber's bus got stopped at the border. There's weed on it. Who gives a shit? It's just very, it's not often where you turn on the news and hear about somebody fucking dying. And if you do, it's usually buried in between two happy stories. Exactly. Like, Canadians really are. We're happy, fucking go lucky. We don't want a bunch of bullshit. 
you know, which we... surprises me as to why we haven't legalized pot. Yeah, that's a whole and other actually, fucking yeah, thing. Because the next election is going to come down to whether Canada wants to legalize pot or not. That's, I think that's, we should. That's all it's going to come down to. But this is uh, I've noticed as of late because Justin Trudeau, he's the uh, the liberal leader uh, to go in yes. for a prime minister. He recently said, I want to legalize. Fuck to criminalize. I want to legalize. And as soon as he said that, the media went ape shit, saying, oh, you know, um, what the hell was the one quote? Um, if you vote liberal now, it's akin to giving another gun to a, a bank robber. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. There's, the problem is with Canada and Parliament, there's a lot of old idiots still in there. And they operate under those ideals where a country doesn't fucking necessarily need to be ran anymore. So government-wise, I mean, there's there's some stupid people in there. Oh, fuck, like, yeah. There really is. But that's like any fucking country with, you know, there's going to be some idiots no matter what. I, I um, For some reason, I just assumed it was legal, at least in Vancouver, Canada. I, I wasn't aware that it's not legal. Oh, no. So, oh, really? Why, Only why, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. So why were some... Why were the... So, let's see... I know I got uh, caught twice in Vancouver smoking marijuana in the street. The cops basically said, I mean, like, what are you doing? Just go down the, uh, I don't know, back alley or something. <laughs> I, I, they just don't want to deal with it, right? Like, uh, they're, yeah, they're not it, saying... It's, mm -hmm. it's too much of a hassle for them. I mean, the paperwork that gets into it. Well, uh, there was one uh, statistic there. If they shut down, what was it, one, uh, one drug house a day? Um, there'd still be something like 47,000 in, in operation. Yeah, I mean, it really is up here. It's not, it's not as heavy as it is down in the States. I mean, if we get caught with it up here, you're getting a little bit of shit, but it's no big fucking deal. But it's not decriminalized really at all or legalized here, which is kind of fucking strange looking at how many states now have legalized marijuana for you, like up to an ounce of personal use, and Canada's still not there. That's a little fucking weird We to even me. went so far as to um, make it so that people who had the medicinal license to grow their own strains now no longer can. And uh, I had actually applied for this myself uh, through... Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he was going to end up so big, but um, uh, Rob Cameron uh, from uh, out near uh, Bancroft, he, he's responsible for something like 4,000 medical marijuana approvals. <laughs> yeah. wow yeah so um because all you had to do was just go in there with a 100 bucks and he would sign your papers for you but that's how it should be here i yeah. think it's fucking ridiculous that they don't let adults choose to go to a store and buy weed when you can choose to go to a store oh, and buy a bottle of vodka it, it goes even worse than that i i prepared a whole fucking binder of information on marijuana uh the particular strains that i needed why i needed those strains uh, the legalities of it for my doctor, why she could sign it, and also a waiver of responsibility that she could sign as well. And did it all oh. in this nice binder for her, gave it to her. I'm willing to bet that binder's still sitting in dust because she doesn't give a shit. She doesn't get money off of it, so she doesn't care. No, but they need, okay, according to Adam Scorgi, who did like the union and he's doing the culture high now, he says within five years, probably weed will, it'll be like LA, where you'll be able to go to a store and have your card and buy your shit, and it's no big deal. Like, that's how it should be, man. That's fucking, that's the way it needs to be. We need to take what LA's doing and apply it up here, because obviously, I mean, the city's probably doing quite well off of the, the tax money and all of that, right? I, I, would, I would imagine so, but they're trying to change that stuff too. I have friends who grow marijuana and things like that, and I, I, I do worry for them because 
I, I don't know when this thing changed, and maybe the last 20 years or so, but these, um, the SWAT teams for the police, you know, um, I mean, they're, they're getting out of control. They're, 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 you know, it only takes a false accusation of somebody growing marijuana or something, and they, these guys could just break your door open and, um, or, you know, just scare the shit out of you. There, there's been cases where people playing poker games, illegal, nevertheless, they would send SWAT teams, you know, and... <gasps> um, For a fucking poker game. Yeah, and, and um... Holy shit. It, it's giving too much power to the police, and... Like, one of my friends, he was doing a construction work in his backyard. This must have been three years ago, and, um... He was making furniture or something, all of a sudden... FBI agent and a couple of the SWAT teams guys showed up, and the whole time he's getting arrested, and and uh, he was very lucky he didn't get shot because, you know, quick movement and it might trigger a shooting, you know. Oh yeah. Incident, but the whole time he got arrested and they're going through his shit, he thought he was getting arrested for not paying child support. That's what he was he was thinking. Huh. Well, later on we find out. One of his friends was babysitting his house and using his Wi-Fi, and he downloaded a bunch of like child porn at his house. Oh, that son of a bitch! First of all, not only you shouldn't be downloading child porn, but even if you're going to do that, why? I I shouldn't be laughing at this. Why the fuck would you go to your friend's house and download <laughs> Wi-Fi? You know? And yeah, really. Yeah, no shit. So once uh, they went through his computer and stuff, they couldn't find anything. They, they figured it was somebody else, and they arrested the guy. But yeah, but okay, I get it. You don't want people to have child porn, but really, do you have to send FBI and, and fucking some of some of the SWAT teams at people? I mean, it just seemed excessive, you know. And, oh, it, it really does, and that goes into like the whole fucking Snowden thing with him telling on the on the NSA what what the fuck's going on with that stuff, you know. <laughs> Cause that's greasy too. Like, what do you got? I don't like. I honestly don't even. I can't even. I'm sure it's happening here too. But if I was American and found out, they're definitely spying on all my shit all the time. I'd be a little bit fucking pissed off about that. But obviously, there is some stuff like you say, child porn. That stuff needs to be stopped. Really, yeah. it does. Yeah. But I mean, you don't have to go after everybody. You know what I mean? It's like everyone's guilty now until you're proven innocent. It's it's completely fucking backwards. Yeah. But let, let me ask you, um, what what was Canadians' reaction about whole Snowden and stuff? Because let me tell you something. I, I was surprised how many Americans were not angry about that violation of privacy. I was really surprised. Yeah, uh, it almost seems like uh, Americans have been uh, desensitized to that almost, uh, we'll say, uh, like through movies and whatnot, like... Uh, what was it Eagle Eye or something like that with uh, Shia the Beef? Yeah, everyone watching him. <laughs> and um, I mean, there was a commercial that I saw not too long ago from Coca Cola, where they're like, "Cameras can be a good thing." Or sorry, cameras everywhere can be a good thing. They can capture honest pickpockets, and it shows a guy going over and picking up someone's wallet that they had dropped and walking it back over to them. And it's just it's subliminal messaging to me and desensitizing to the fact that. Oh, these cameras are a good thing because I'll get to see more fails or some shit like that. 
Well, it's right? the, so yeah. let's put cameras everywhere. Even Fuck up that. here, though, too, people didn't give a shit, man. Nobody cared. No. Everyone up here, like I refer to them as the sheeple, which I'm sure everybody, mostly most people do, but they don't know what it even means. They have no idea what the NSA is. They didn't know who Snowden is. I've had deep conversations about this to people, and they say he should go to jail for being a traitor because he went to China and then to uh, Russia. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what they're saying. But they're, it's like everybody's missing the point that they're fucking spying on everybody. Yeah. Like, not a lot. The only people that know that that's what's going on are the ones that look a little deeper into shit on the internet. And that is honestly not very many people here in Canada because most of them just want to live in their little bubble world where everything's happy and everything's okay. But so, uh, honestly, man, Canadians didn't even really care about it. Didn't even really care. It's fucking weird. There is I, you one... know, I don't, I, I'm not going to go out of my way and say Snowden is a criminal or not or hero or not a hero. Um, I, I don't, I don't, personally, I don't give a fuck about the guy. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, become his friend. But I, I will say that I'm glad he did what he did because what's the point of protecting America if we're, we're violating people's rights here, you know? And just like in Canada, too, privacy should be. It should be something that should be protected, and I, I, I am so surprised that there was so little outrage over it. And um, I, I think people just—I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. I, I'm, I'm just surprised that. Uh, I mean, only thing that they supposedly prevent one terrorist act was some guy in San Diego, supposedly sent. Excuse me, eight nine thousand dollars to Al Qaeda or something like that. Other than that, there's very just it was very minimal how much it helped preventing terrorism. You know. Well, it's the same Is with it? like the TSA scanners you guys have down in all the airports mm-hmm. there too. Those things were all fucked up when they first came out and didn't work right. And they've never, I don't think they've ever stopped anybody because there was the guy that made it on the plane with the shit in his shoe, or the in his, and I think there was some other guy that made it on there with stuff in his underwear. So it's just the it's a big security grid that is getting built down there for people to get in line and do what they're told and it's just all a big culling it's the the government there wants to make the people into animals which most of them already are cuz they only see the things that's on mainstream news and 90% of that is bullshit or swayed to make your opinion see things one way and I think that's why a lot of people didn't care about Snowden was because they were told not to care about about yeah. that yeah don't care about what he said care about the fact that he said it well <laughs> care about the fact that he's in china now and he's an american and he's a traitor yeah so that they spin it that's what the mainstream media does they spin things to skew views a certain way and that's why the majority of the people don't have a fucking clue what's really going on because they watch cnn and they watch abc and all that other bullshit huh you guys um you guys are pretty optimistic about canada uh, you know you guys are young guys you guys are pretty optimistic about, you know, people, young people of your, you know, age categories. Are they pretty optimistic about their future in Canada? Fuck no. No, man. To be honest, we're like a, it's like a recession here now. It's almost impossible to find the fucking good job in Canada. It's crazy. And to top it off, and I mean, I, I don't mean to sound racist on this, but I mean, it, it's an honest fact due to, um, oh shit, I can't think of the word. It starts with an A, uh, affirmative action. Um, being a white male nowadays in Canada and probably in the States as well, you're fucked for a job right? yeah. because if you're not a female or of some visible ethnic minority, 
um, go fuck yourself. You're not getting a job here. There was actually a job that was posted on a government website that said for ethnic minorities only. No, it said no whites allowed. Is that what it actually it le- said? It legitimately said no whites allowed. And then the government said, wait, you can't put that up there. You have to say wait. we're going to look for everyone and then just not pick anyway. Yeah, you can't <laughs> fucking say you're going to do that. Just do it. You, you, you guys got to need to send me that. I want to look at that. I want to look at that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We'll see if we could dig that up and find it because it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Because yeah. you could imagine if someone said no blacks allowed. Holy, Holy fuck. fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would be a shit show. And I'm not racist in any sort of fashion no, whatsoever. No, no, no. But let's be let's be also be super honest here too. You it that that phrase is understood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you got to give black people credit too. They know when when they go to place apply for a job, they get some funny vibe from them, you know? Um I I I have such a mixed feeling about all this because you know, I don't like when, especially poorly educated, poor white people, and there's a lot of in places, Appalachian places, and I, I couldn't understand. I'm, I, you know, um, I, we, I'm not a Christian, you know, I'm an atheist, but I like to be treated fair, and you have to treat fair, treat everyone else fair too, and you got to exactly. put your shelf in your shoes and like, you know. Believe me, it's not e- the darker your skin. It's not easy to live in North America. But having said that, no. some some of the white people who brought up in the very little privilege, and they're getting punished for something that their ancestors did, you know. And yeah. I'm sure there, I'm sure there's a lot of resentment and anger. And I I really don't know. The the way that I see it um, is uh, when I went for policing. Right, one of my biggest issues was that. Uh, women uh, were able to do push-ups on their knees rather than full push-ups and yeah. they didn't have to run as far as so on and so forth to me that that doesn't seem fair uh, the way i see it is if there's a woman out there who does everything the exact same as me 100 percent, same marks everything so on and so forth i'm all for taking her and i'm all for affirmative action at that point because we're equals yeah. and i i want to see that equality increase in the workplace however if you give someone bonus points because of their gender or the color of their skin that's racist and sexist Right, even though it's for a positive, it's still racist and it's still sexist because yeah. you're doing something for someone based on the color of their skin or their gender. Yeah. You know what? You, have you seen the documentary on Vice about the white student union? What? There's a white student union, and Vice did a thing about it, and it's this guy that is—he's not racist according to what he says, but he—he's saying what you're saying—that that white people nowadays are getting like a, a blast back because of the shit that our ancestors did way back then so now people are saying well you're just a fucking white guy you know yeah, and by all rights yeah. i mean I was, I was thinking about this today my ancestors are german i uh, my ancestors never owned any slaves as far as i know they had nothing to do with the, the slavery your fucking family had a lot worse things to do with if you're german bud no because at that <laughs> point in time my family was already canadian oh, okay you're lucky yes. <laughs> I managed to uh, scoot past out of that. So one. there was no cooks in your family back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're trying to say. Oh no, there were no cooks back in the day. Okay, that's terrible. Is, is that, I feel bad. Is, is, is that what you guys call it up in Canada? Cook <laughs> <laughs> or a baker? Oh yeah. Jesus, Chad, you are gonna burn for that. Oh, nope. oh, that's even worse. <laughs> I love everybody equally. Would that be ironic for the baker to burn? <laughs> Who knows? No, that's just something so, I just so, fucking pulled so, out of my my toque right there, which is what we call a winter hat in Canada. <laughs> so in Canada, 
when, when you guys call Baker's stars and you guys talking about six million Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baker's dozen up here is a little bit bigger than 13. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> I got a question for you, though, Yoshi. Um, oh, have before, you ever... ask me, before you can ask me, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be smart ass, but I have to say there are times when women who are police officers, even though they're, they're not, they might not be physically stronger than male, I, I, I have to admit, this is one of the reasons why they have uh, female operators, because female operators have a calming effect on people who are listening to her. And I think, mm -hmm. I think sometimes having a female cop might be an advantage to have them, because I, I think sometimes guys get macho, and then when the cop shows up, he want to prove to the guy that he's not afraid of the cop. Maybe having a female cop will like make the guy just calm the fuck down for a minute. I like. I don't it. know. That makes that makes absolute sense. It 100%. does. I've I've been in the back of a cop car with a female police officer and a male officer in the front, and it's true that there's a completely different dichotomy that they both have because if there is some fucking crazy guy that wants to be all macho, he's gonna want to fight that guy cop. But you're right. If it's a girl cop, there might be a little bit more respect there. And like you know that female calm you down sort of vibe that they kind of have. Some, that wouldn't it, stop it, some it could also. Right? I was gonna say it could also go the opposite way, and then you have this guy who has absolutely no respect for women or for women, and has this woman telling him what to do. He might just snap at that point and go after. Her. That's true. I wonder. So, I, I wonder sometimes whenever there's a police brutality and it's by a female. I wonder sometimes if it, if it was that time of the month for her. <laughs> has that, has that actually ever happened? I've never seen a video with police brutality and it's a woman beating the shit out of someone. I've never seen it. I have. have well, you? It she, have, she was it, a big lady. Okay. It, it doesn't have to be physical beating. It could be a gun. I, have, I don't know. I, I just remember there was a case. Of course, there's a movie out now and I can't remember the movie, but that famous case two, three years ago, uh, you know, it's just this very poor kid young black kid got shot in the back you know he had a handcuff uh you know they just made a movie about it. i think uh, michael b jordan played a character and basically there was a fight in northern california and they put a handcuff to this kid and um cop for whatever reason thought he was a whole he grabbed a pepper spray he actually pulled supposedly a gun he shot the guy, kid in the back killed the kid huh. i i remember I remember reading a case where she, this woman cop pulled accidentally her gun. She was trying to grab her taser or something. And um, I don't understand it. I, I just think they're, they're both different shape. But evidently, she got out of, you know, she didn't have to do any jail time. Her, her argument was she pulled the wrong thing. But if so, that's the, I think that's a bit bullshit. Because if some guy or some any other random person without a badge said, oh, I meant to pull my taser, but I pulled my forty-four Magnum. That's true. It's, That's true. it's not going to fucking the, the, work for them. The tasers have a, an entirely different end to them versus the uh, the police-issued pistol. And, I mean, when you're aiming at a target, even if you, you know, in the heat of the moment, you grab the wrong pistol. You should know. When you aim, you're going to know. <laughs> I mean... It's, 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 it's yeah, it's, it's just... Yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just crazy with the whole... Um, citizens going after people when they're told not to do it and then there's cops you know I'm, I'm trying to be understanding cops too because i don't know what it is to be like a cop worrying every day someone might try to kill me too so look 
it's such a complicated issue. I probably I probably don't know even know what I'm talking about, but I hate hearing stories like that. I fucking hate it. I hate hearing stories like that in the states. I hate hearing stories like that in Canada. Oh, um, man. If you haven't seen that that TTC Toronto shooting video yet, you should honestly check that out because it that is police brutality. That's what it looks like to oh, me. Oh fuck yeah! There's no way the guy could have got to the cops with that knife before they pulled a taser, and instead of pulling a taser first, they shot him nine fucking times. So that to me is way too excessive. Oh you yeah. Know? And I mean, I, I've trained with uh, the emergency response team in Guelph, and I actually had a scenario like that. I was decked out in uh, a full bomb suit with like three inch padding, and they had um, little rubber bullets that they could fire at me and yeah. pepper spray and whatnot. And uh, the instructor told me, go fucking batshit crazy, just ape shit. And I had this little fake plastic knife, so I was like, all right, fine. And I hit it up my sleeve so they wouldn't be able to see it. And um, I'm coming out and I'm screaming and yelling, oh, that bitch, she called the cops, I'm going to fucking kill her, I'm going to fucking kill you too. And I pull the knife out and, you know, now I've produced a deadly weapon so the cops are allowed through use of force to pull out a gun, right? And I started walking towards the one cop, I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill you, I'm going to fucking kill you. You know what, fuck it, I don't even need this goddamn knife. And I chucked the knife and I just started running full tilt at the other cop. Because I chucked the knife, legally now they can't shoot me because I don't have lethal weapons on me, right? Yeah. And so I, I got to give it to this uh, this cop because he he was like, oh, shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. What do I do? What do I do? Leans back, and I'm six and a half feet tall. He put a boot to my chest, and I fucking keeled over like a fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had three inches of padding, and thank God I had that because if I didn't, he would have crushed some ribs. Yeah. So, I mean, with this video, too, it looks that shit didn't happen. This video looks like either terrible training or I don't know what the fuck, but it does, man. It pisses oh, it, me no, off it, when you it was, see it, The too. cop was embarrassed because the guy on the, on the train kept saying, you're a fucking pussy. You're a fucking pussy. I've got a knife. You've got a gun. You're a fucking pussy. Yeah, and then he gets shot nine times, like 50 Cent style. Yeah, he gets shot three times. Clearly, the guy's down on the ground, and he's like, oh, God, I've been shot three times. The cop waits maybe like five seconds and then fires off another six rounds. For one man with one knife. Yeah, and then they taser him. <laughs> Wait, so... This is July 31st right now. When was this? This was within like the last week. Yeah, maybe four days ago, five days ago. Yeah, it's oh, a I big thing in Canada right now. Fuck, I need to check that out. Um, wait, so I'm sorry. One of you had a question for me? Yeah, I wanted to ask you what you thought about uh, Canada block or potentially blocking porn. Right, Because they're, they're trying to pass a law right now that says that by default, um, all of your internet porn will be blocked. And if you want to look at porn, you have to call up your internet service provider and say, yes, I intend to use the internet to look at some skeezy shit. You have to call fucking like Simpatico and tell them you want to play with your dick is essentially what you have yeah. to do. Um, they're trying to pass this law? Yeah. I'm pretty it, sure it's almost it's... like a backdoor to control the internet. It's already like this in the UK, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they just passed it in the UK where now porn is 100% banned unless you request it from your internet service provider. And then you probably go into a list of databases where, yes, this person is looking at it, so let's keep an eye on what they're looking at. Um, I, I just don't understand what's the purpose of wasting taxpayers' money to do that. Their, um, their uh, premise is saying it'll help prevent uh, child porn. So yeah. they're using the children again as a ploy to get people to 
give them what they want. That's what they always do. They throw child porn in the name, and then everybody, if you're not for that Well, it's bill, not even just child porn. Look at the uh, the Dark Knight shooting, right? People were a little bit upset about the Dark Knight shooting, but there wasn't as much uproar as what happened shortly after at the Sandy, Sandy Hook? Sandy, Sandy Hook. Hook, yeah. Sandy Hook, yeah. I always get that confused. Um, but yeah, the Sandy Hook shooting. That one involved kids. Everyone was interested in that. Right? It's definitely um, a backdoor to get to get to people that's all it is yeah this is they just want to control the internet and the uh the pipa and cispa act um they didn't go through clearly and they were like well fuck how do else do we get control over this well let's go in the skeezy back door and uh we'll claim we're out doing it to protect the kids but really we're just getting control over the internet or at least that's um, my take couple on of thing, it. a couple of things you know something like sandy hook I don't, I don't have a solution to it because for one things you know at the end of the day, Americans love violence. You know that as our neighbors. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we love violence. And even, I guess what I don't understand, there's, they've been killing kids in inner cities for years. Black kids, yeah. Latino kids, uh, Philadelphia, Detroit, fucking Chicago last three years. Uh, things are so bad, they call Shiraki for Chicago. And um, D.C. and you, oh, that's what, I'm sure the crime has declined places like New York, but um, it's like people are desensitized about those kids getting, those kinds of kids getting killed. Um, like whenever you hear in like a nice neighborhood like Sandy Hook, people used to say things like, things like this doesn't happen in a neighborhood like this. You know, I know they didn't mean it that way, but what I'm hearing is, People just assume it's acceptable in certain neighborhoods or certain inner cities and things like that. And I'm not a smart enough guy to figure out what's right. I don't. I, I don't have a problem people owning guns, but um, I I don't know what's the solution with Canada. But, but only thing I know of the states that we we love violence, and I think before we even think about getting rid of guns, we need to have a maybe a national conversation like. Why? Why do we love violence so much? And maybe try to change that our attitude about it. Yeah. Because uh, even with Bush, okay, maybe going to Afghanistan was necessary, but he just the guy was just he just resolved everything like it's Texas style, like everything's resolved through violence. Yeah. And believe me, you know, I think Canadians are more sensible in this regard. Violence is it's not always the best solution, you know. No. Um, with, with the stuff with the police, you know, LAPD have a motto uh, to protect and serve. They forget that part. They actually work for us. And the police officers in Canada work for you guys. We, we shouldn't be afraid of police officers. We should be working with them. But I, I don't know why things have changed. But in the States, it just seems like it's almost like a military force in the uh, USA. Um, and I only take it like I was keep saying, false accusation or even if it's true, why, is it, why does it have to be such a heavy-handed... Um, I, I just don't understand it. Uh, it seems I mean, like the, the courts, uh, both in the States and Canada, they follow a lot of precedents, and they don't take into context the, uh, the other mitigating circumstances surrounding the situation, like what led up to it, right? Yeah. The, well, that's why with Dorner, that guy down in L.A., instead of finding out what really fucking happened there, they just burned him, they set yeah, him on fire. Yeah, they firebombed the cottage that's that's one of the big problems is even with like when boston bombing happened and i mean fuck what what actually really went on there i mean when have you ever heard of an entire city getting shut down because of two fucking guys doing crazy things 
Like that's I, don't, a, I don't know. I don't know how I would handle Boston, and I, I I think I feel a little uncomfortable talking about that one. But as far as the guy down in uh, L.A., um, at least one of the cops has been honest. There's an audio clip of guy, let's kill this motherfucker and burn his cabin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's the thing. If my friend, my colleague, if I was a cop, got killed, I feel the same way too. That's the reason why I'm not a cop because I don't have the right – emotional maturity to be a cop or ideal cop where to protect and serve. We know if we forget that's the job of police. I just don't let police point a finger and say, oh, you're back in jail again, huh? Didn't we tell you? Like, it's not their job to be preachy. No. I hate, I hate when they do that. It doesn't matter what, what police and what countries. I hate when the police are preachy. I think they should do, do, talk to us, work with us, and um, once we have to trust the police and police trust us, I think I think the country will be a better place or the city will be a better place. But I hate when these motherfuckers are being preaching because we all have those personality types in high school. Like, you know, I'm sure in Canada, it's like a guy who was trying to be a professional hockey player. He wasn't just good enough to make it. So he's physical and angry and maybe become a cop. We have guys like that in high school, like, Guys who are wrestlers and cops and complete assholes, they make it professionally. Next thing you know, they either become a, join a military or a cop. And like, and when I see those guys after 15, 20 years after the high school, and like, oh no, not these guys. Yeah. Not again. Not again. We've actually heard, man. I forget where the fuck we heard this too, but we've talked about it on our podcast before. Is that uh, for most police, like they want people with an IQ under eighty. Because they're way more likely to follow orders. And I'm not saying every cop is under 80 IQ. And I, who the fuck even knows if the IQ thing's legit. But they want people with a lower IQ because they're more likely to follow the rules and fall into that pack mentality. Where they'll just, they'll do whatever they're told, you know? Rather than think for themselves. And that's what a lot of cops don't do is think for themselves. You know what I mean? They just, all, they see one cop pull a gun, so now they're all pulling guns. You know what I mean? Well, it's... And that's actually kind of what made me wonder about Dorner, right? Because they said right off the bat, oh, he killed some cops. Well, what if those cops are dirty cops, like he had said, because he was exposing the corruption there. Maybe they started shooting at him, and he yeah. went to defend himself, and he killed a couple cops, yeah. But they were, again, they were shooting at him, and, and they were they were the bad ones in this instance. I'm pretty sure what pissed people off, though, is that Dorner, didn't he kill some family members of one of the cops, too? Yes. Yeah, now that's yeah. what would fucking... See, that okay, I don't excuse that. That, that I that, don't that's excuse, excessive. you know what I mean? That, that's, that's hard to explain. Yeah. But if, again, if, that could have been a if, setup. Even if he was innocent before that, once he... You know, yeah, man, once I'm you not, do that, that's, that's crossing a line. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, if, you have a, if you have a real grievance, you know, how about write a letter or write a letter to your Congress? Don't go and shoot a <laughs> cop, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, but yeah, um, even if he was framed for something, it, that shit is just fucked up, man. I mean, it's don't go around killing cops, but if you're gonna do it, at least go face to face with cops. But killing their family members, they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's dirty. That's slow down, man. It's fucking dirty, and I, I don't want to categorize all cops because I made plenty of nice cops too. It's just, it's really uncomfortable. Like, let's be honest, even if he didn't do anything wrong. Don't you get nervous when the cops are driving by and walking by? Oh, fuck because yeah. I almost shit my pants, man, out of fear every fucking time. It's terrifying. It's like they're the enemy and they're going to find me. It's the fucking Gestapo. Here they come. Yeah. Cops I, always, I... Remind, 
Kapil always reminded me of my mother because she's always looking for some problem with me, looking for problems. Like, even if there's no problem, she'll look, make, make up a new problem, you know? So, um, I remember, I don't know how many times I'll be driving with my black comedian friends and we get pulled over. They always say, thank God there's an Asian guy in here or thank God there's a white guy in here. Seriously. Like having a non-black person there and they're Asian or white, if you're Latino, it doesn't help you. If you're, you know what I mean? Fuck. I'm just being honest right here. But if, if, if I dress semi like normal and like saying yes or no to the police officer and I'm with the three or four other black comedians, Chances are, I don't think we're going to have problems. I have a hard time believing that. But, man, if you're named Tyrone and like T-Bone or whatever, it's all black, <laughs> you get pulled over by a cop, Canada or USA, I mean, good luck, you know. Um, yeah. Getting a like, ticket is the least of your worries, you know. Yeah, there was actually an instance like that uh, a couple of years ago where uh, this, these two black guys were driving around in uh, an Escalade. And real, obviously, you know, real nice, uh, real nice vehicle. And the cops yeah. pulled them over, and uh, I think they found some weed in there. No, they found crack in there. Was it crack? They found crack, but they pulled them over with no excuse other than that was two black teenagers driving a nice Escalade, and yeah. that's why they pulled them over. Yeah, and I hate that harassment. Yeah, they ended up getting off though. They didn't get charged with having the drugs because it was a bullshit. It was a bullshit thing. Yeah, it was absolute profiling. Yeah. So I mean, that fucking stuff happens here too, man. It's it really does. But I, I gotta say, man, that the, the uh, first time I went to Canada was 1996. I went up there with my friend Craig Gass. He does voices in the Howard Stern show. We went up to see a Rolling Stone concert and. I, I, I really have to say, um, ex- Saskatoon people are nice. It's just two of the too many of the Native Americans walk to me and speak to me in their language and ask me. <laughs> <for money. laughs> you know, and I told them, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. You know, but <laughs> other than that, I've been to Canada, um, you know, Victoria, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton. People are wonderful. I like the food there and. I don't know. It's 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 so cool to go up there. I'm just sad that I I haven't been able to go up there. I really like it up there, and uh, I genuinely think Canadians are um, very nice groups of people, and I, I I think we're lucky to have Canadian next to us. And uh, you know, uh, we don't we 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 definitely have a complicated history and past, but um, I, I think even if there's a problem, it's just so minor. You know, we don't take it that seriously. Man, I don't hate American people at all, at all, at all, but I hate the American government just like I hate the Canadian government. I was going to say as much as we hate the Canadian government. Yeah, so I mean, it's just, there's no fucking hate there whatsoever, at least not for me or Elijah, you know, like we all fucking just, and I think that's the whole new, it's, it's this generation where we've grown up with the internet so we can see what it's like in other countries and realize we're all fucking people and it's not... It's not the Iraqi people choosing to drive a fucking plane into a skyscraper or whatever. It's whoever's in control of that. And that's the beautiful thing about the Internet, man, is that connectivity and and the fact that people can see life from other angles. Um, Sorry, man. I'm I'm, I'm all over the place. Uh, If you don't mind talking another half an hour. Oh, God, no, man. That's fine. Your your town... um, um, Believe me, you know, if you visit my hometown in Osaka, I'll, I'll say it the same way too. Like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's boring, it's full of yellow trash, blah, blah, blah. But um, um, I, I feel for those kids when I hear t- young kids are being pregnant 
a young age because I, I just don't think if they're if you don't give young people a, a opportunity or option to do something else, they will drink and take drugs because they're bored. They're not bad kids. This yeah. this shit is simp- something I, I see all the time in in, in Ohio, Idaho, and in, in fucking um, Alabama, and in, you know Georgia and Florida and places like that. Like if you're in the area away from major cities, yeah, I mean, like uh, I, I, it makes me feel. It does make me sad that. Uh, they, they ended up being pregnant at fourteen and whatnot. It, it's it's not a it's not evil, but it's um. It's unfortunate. Me, it's unfortunate. It's it, they could be pregnant fifteen years from then, you know. Um, so mean, what do you think? I mean, what 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 what's, is it the government doing anything about it, or is there any help for those kids? Do how does Canadians deal oh. with that sort of problem? Uh, the way that we kind of have it run is it's actually more beneficial for you to essentially be a baby maker. Uh, the reason why there's so many um, kids having kids in this area is that uh, the government gives you quite a bit of money the more kids you have. I mean, it's not a whole lot, but I mean, the more kids you have, the more money you get. Well, I used right. to work like I had a job where I worked in low income housing here in town for a couple of years. And I mean, you honestly see there is those people that live in those places and sure, they start out in a two bedroom and then they get knocked up again and now they need a three bedroom and then soon they're up to a five bedroom and they get $250 or whatever it is per kid per month. So, I mean, it, it almost, it's just like, it's like the drug problem down in the States. It's just bread. It's, it, they do it on purpose. You know what I mean? That's what it yeah. really seems like. It's all set up just so people have a harder time to succeed. Um, and you guys have a national health care, so, I mean, I guess those kids are kind of covered for life, right? If they have kids and money from the state, or money from the country. Only until they're 18. Once, uh, once you're out, if you don't have any coverage, you're, <clears throat> you're pretty much fucked. I mean, you can go to the emergency room, but <clears throat> anything else, like if you have to get some serious surgery, <laughs> you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, any that's the thing. Or anything like it that. looks like we have free health care. <laughs> Like, yeah, sure, we can go to the hospital and find out we have, like, stage three cancer, but they don't pay for all of that. I mean, unless you're lucky enough to have a job that does give you health benefits like that, we really don't have free health care. I mean, I don't know what... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm confused now. I thought... So you don't have a universal health care? Just more or less for, like, emergencies. Like, we can go to the, the emergency room... They'll give us like some antibiotics and shit like that. We won't really have to pay for it. You can get emergency services. Like, uh, let's say I had uh, a tooth that was really, really bad. I could go to the emergency room and have them pull it. Um, but anything that requires any seriousness, uh, yeah, you're paying out the ass. And especially if you're a foreigner, I love. Well, sorry, I don't love. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I look at the uh, at the prices for stuff for people who are uh, immigrants or um, uh, just coming as tourism. And goddamn, if that shit isn't expensive, like a bed for a night is something like 120 bucks. It's it's really it. It looks like we have free health care, but we don't. We like Elijah was saying, if you you break your fucking arm, you can go to the hospital, but they're still going to charge you to make that cast. Yeah, you're still like I don't know what it is, but it's it's really is just a farce that we have free health care because you can go find out what's wrong with you. But you got to pay to get fixed. Still. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you can find out what's wrong with you for free, but if you want to fix it, yeah, it's going to cost you. You got to pay. Like, you need a new kidney, you're on a waiting list for four years, and you have to pay for it. 
I'm shocked because I've been told until this, I'm 44, the Canada have universal health care. It's covered everything. That was my understanding. It only does but, if you have a job that has 100% health, co- health coverage. And it's hard to get a job like that. Pretty much only government workers have something like that, that kind of coverage. Everyone else, you're lucky if you got 80% coverage for your basic health care. And that's, that would cover your cast. Well, like right now, I'm 25. And like Elijah was saying, you are covered through your parents' insurance, whatever they have, up until the age of 18. And if you go to college and you're a student, you're still covered by that. But now because I'm 25 and I'm not in school and I don't have a job that has health coverage, if I want to go to the dentist or I want to go anywhere, that does cost me money. It is it is not free. And that's the thing that even I thought because I wanted to go and get some shit checked at the doctor. But I was yeah. like, well, I'd have to buy all these meds. And like you have to buy everything. It's not free. It's fucked up, man. What's it? So why does Americans have this idea that Canadians are like completely covered? Well, uh, that's what Canada keeps like, pushing out is that, oh, we're the land of the free. We've got lots of health care coverage. It's a great place to come to. No, if anything, I say India has the best um, idea when it comes to health care in that you go to your doctor every single day. You pay him a dollar, we'll say. And then, uh, sorry, you pay him a dollar every, uh, every day that you're healthy. But as soon as you're sick, you stop paying him. Right, so his incentive is to make you healthy as soon as possible. Not give it a Band-Aid solution, but make you healthy. Because right, huh. if you're not healthy, you're not paying them. You know, that kind of makes sense because I remember Russell Peter was telling me when his dad was sick with cancer, they literally drove every weekend from Toronto to Philadelphia for cancer treatment. And I was wondering, like, um, it made no sense to me because I figured, well, why would you go to Philadelphia if you're getting free medical treatment in Canada, you know? But the, now that you explain it to me, that makes sense. Probably the treatment was cheaper and maybe even better in Philadelphia at the uh, University of Pennsylvania, whatever that school of uh, uh, medical school was. But, yeah, I, I had, I'm, I'm really stunned. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's not a thing a lot of people actually know. And that, too, and the reason why he might have went down to philadelphia was because up here in canada too there's those waiting lists so if you need a kidney transplant you're on a waiting list for over a year ah. so i mean maybe it was because if he had cancer and he couldn't get in to get the treatment that he needed here until four months from now and by that point who the fuck knows what shape you're going to be in so you have no choice but to go down to the states jesus that makes a lot of sense um okay so so far <clears throat> it's not universal health and um, a group of, I mean, some some white Canadians are uh, upset, understandably, because when you can't get a job because of um, restrictions, I could understand. Um, well, it's not even like that a- because of the restrictions, though. It's the same thing as like in the states. All of our all of our stuff is getting shipped overseas to get made cheaper. There's three factories around our area that have pretty much shut down in the last seven years. Because they get shipped offshore to get made cheaper, and it's cheaper to make it in China or wherever, and then ship it back on a freighter boat to sell it. So it's the same type of thing that's happening. Our fucking like our economy is getting hurt because of cheaper wages overseas. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't know if you know a comedian named Jason Rouse, but he's from Hamilton, Ontario, 
and he was telling me um, Hamilton looks like, you know, Detroit on crack or something like that. He said it was really rough growing up there because of that, you know, high unemployment and jobs were leaving. And man, I, you know, you know what the smart people were telling me? <clears throat> it's a matter of time when you have an advanced economy, poor countries can take the, all the shitty job away from you. So only other way to kind of uh, uh, act to that is educate and, and train your um, people with high skill jobs and with higher education, practical education, I guess. But that's easier said than done, you know. I, um, I, I've been unemployed for a year and a half and unemployment rate, unemployment benefits ending soon. And, you know, I work in a dope business. When you work for a guy named Buttman, you know, your resume doesn't look good. You know? <laughs> Let's be honest. It's, 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 it's not looking good for Yoshi right now. And i got to look for a job. But I would love probably... to see your resume. I could only imagine. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's the best fucking resume. All evil angel, Buttman, all this stuff. <laughs> this is clearly a joke. Someone's fucking with me. I'm just going to toss this one to the side. Yeah, that would be hard, though, to do that, man, it's... with that resume. Fuck. It's 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 terrible. You might as well make origami out of it because <laughs> I, I have no skills whatsoever. But um, but this this is a big question, isn't it? Because um, 2008 financial crisis, Canada dealt with it very well. Because uh, unlike our idiot regulators in the states, Canadian banks were very healthy because they never fall for that you know just scam that we had down here. And uh, I, I think, um, you know, Canadians like Scottish people are very frugal. And I think I, I, you guys strike me more sensible when it comes to money than Americans. We, we, we have a gambling mentality, you know. Um, you know, we, some people call it American dreams. I call it gambling mentality because even the dumbest people that I met with little or no skills – they honestly think they have a chance to become a millionaire, and like that's really shocking to me. Mm. Uh, I, I, it's not impossible, but it's it's not easy. Uh, highly and unlikely. <laughs> highly unlikely. But the gambling mentality of becoming instant millionaire and the uh, American dream, you know, that that's a big. I don't want to say propaganda, but it, it, it's it's. Um, Wonderful notion if you're a poor person coming to this country, I think. Um, how do you guys sell Canada to foreigners? Like, I mean, it's not a melting pot, but what do you guys call it? Like a collage? Yeah, um, I guess yeah. It, it would be. But it's more in, like, Montreal and the big cities that you really see that ethnic mixing there's, of people. Yeah, there's like, a large multicultural population in the larger cities. Yeah, but, I mean, on like, in the town we live in, there's very few black people. There's barely, there's a, you know, it's just, it's more white prevalent. It's more prevalently white people. Yeah. What's, the, mean, what's, the, what's the name of the town? Utopia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed. I can't tell anybody where it is. It's our little secrets. <laughs> no. But no, when you do get to the bigger cities, yeah, that's when you see all that, the, the melting pot for sure. Because that does exist here. I mean, it is very multicultural, yeah. and we're. But I mean, there, even Pembroke itself uh, has, uh, I would say, per capita, a fairly good ethnic diversity. I mean, 
they usually run the gas stations and the stores. And I'm not trying to yeah. sound like a dickhead whatsoever saying that, but it's true, especially around here. I would also go so far as to say there are a lot of, or there's a good ethnic diversity in um, some of the uh, government facilities as well here, like uh, up at the bomb. Oh, yeah. That's, what, sure. that's what we call uh, uh, one of the nuclear facilities in the area. That, which is I, I, one of the only good places you could actually get a job, and yet fucking hard pressed to get one there. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I've lived here for over thirty years, and the last time I was in Japan was ten years ago. When I went back to Japan, I hated it because everyone looked the same. I really like, I really like seeing, uh, if I'm being honest, completely honest, I really like seeing like the blacks, white, Latino, and different kinds of white people, and Asians, and Middle Eastern, and you know, it's like that scene from Star Wars in the bar scene where everyone looks so weird and fucked up. I, yeah. I really like. I know some people will get weirded out if you're from the area where everyone looked the same, but I just like difference because when you talk to them, that's why in theory, in theory, I, I'm not a fan of affirmative action because I think we do want to people who work really hard with the talent and merit to get places, but life is not always perfect. And and, and if, if we if, if we have sometimes a different minority groups that got into college because of a little bit of help, it wouldn't bother me for this one big reason. It doesn't matter how how smart you might think. Whenever I talk to people from different backgrounds, they always say something that is like I never really thought about or didn't see it that way. Absolutely. It's really you know, like I'm assuming you you're both white. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes we yeah. are. Okay, you guys are white, but you guys are different kind of white people from Texas, believe me. Just like you were different <laughs> white people from Germany, you know? Yeah. So, talk to you guys. Like, with this health thing, like, I'm still stunned. Like, all these years, I just assume that's like uh, one big ceiling point in Canada, I thought. Like, no matter how poor you are, if you really work hard and try hard, they will take care of you. And evidently, it's not as that black and white up there either nope. no it's you not know? like i said you get into a car accident you need your fucking arm sewn back on they'll do that right then and there yeah fuck yeah they will but you're gonna pay for that god help you if you call an ambulance and you don't actually need it yeah if you call an oh. ambulance you have to pay like 95 or 120 dollars 500 500 apparently for a fucking ride in the ambulance no just for them showing up oh just for them to show yeah, up if, if you call the ambulance and you don't actually need it like everything's okay Right, and they come in, they check out the situation. Yeah, okay, everything's okay. We're not actually needed. You got to pay them five hundred bucks. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, what what a shocker! Yeah, so if you're calling that, the ambulance, you best be damn sure that you actually need that ambulance. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you need a fucking kidney, or you need a new heart, or you need whatever, you're on a waiting list, and then you still have to pay. Like people that get cancer. If they don't have fucking health coverage, that costs them thousands and thousands of dollars to get like hey, the uh, chemo treatment and shit. I, I'm I'm sad to hear that because I I just assume they take care of it, but I, I don't want to keep dragging this issue. So, um, the young young people. So you you think kids between 15 to like let's say 21, 22? Are you telling me that in general Canadian young people they're not optimistic about their future? Um, I think there's uh, there's still a, a I would say a pipe dream where they think that they can uh, get something. There's I think the kids are still brainwashed into thinking that if you go to university and you get that massive debt that 
as soon as you're out of university, you're going to get a job immediately and it's going to be a three or a six figure income and everything's going to be just fucking perfect. But I mean, there's a running joke in a lot of the uh, universities where if you're um, a mechanical engineer, you're going to end up working at McDonald's. And if you're um, uh, fucking, what the hell is it, uh, like a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you're going to end up working at a call center. Well, yeah, and even me, man. I went to college, I finished my electrical engineering degree, and I fucking got it, and I cannot find a job in that. And I was told from when I was in high school to when I graduated high school, you go to college or university, and you're going to have a job. I've been out of school now for three or four years. I haven't had one steady job that wasn't a contract-only position. So, I mean, I think there is the optimism of the people from 15 to 21 but once they turn 21 and they're done school, they realize how much fucking bullshit they were fed over their lives to go into this and have this massive fucking debt coming out. Yeah. Because I don't know what it's like in the States, but if you declare bankruptcy here in Canada, your student debt doesn't get wiped out. That is forever. Oh, so, oh no, no. That's, that's same here. That's, uh, that's one of the biggest scams, in my opinion. I really do. It's a scam. It's kind of like joining a gym and you sign this uh, annual membership thing for like a two-year deal. And uh, they don't give a shit if you ever come in and work out or get yourself in a healthier body. They don't care. <laughs> once once you sign up, you pay the money or you sign a deal and you gotta you have to pay the monthly fees, you know. So in the States, you could get a huge loan for college. I mean, are they really concerned that you graduate? Not really. They just want to collect the money back. And you cannot. Bankruptcy does not protect you from student loans. No, 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 no. It does not. 100% that's true. You're fucked. You could have $200,000 student loan and you don't have a job. Good luck with that one. No shit. Like, that is the biggest fucking scam out there because that's what they're told to do. When you're in high school, you're told to go to college. And the only way that 80% of the people, or probably even more than that, can actually go to school is to get a loan. And then that is forever attached to you. And you come out when you're 21 or 22 or whatever you are and have the biggest fucking debt you've ever had. And no job to pay it, and they're like, "Give me your, give me our yeah, fucking money right now." You got six months, or else we're gonna start breaking a finger every day until yeah. you start paying us. <laughs> it's a fucking scam. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, but, 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 but Canada cannot be bad as places in Europe because I've, I've been to Spain twice in the last year or so, and uh, I've never seen anything like it. I saw white Spaniards, young people. Jumping into garbage can, grabbing food. They're not homeless people. You know, the, uh, I think six, age 16 through like 25 in Spain, it's hovering almost 50% unemployment rate, 48%, whatever it was. It's really high. And, uh, and, and we, you, you, it's almost predictable how they're going to react because it's the same deal in Egypt. They have a very uh, strict rules about. Having sex. Only way you have sex is if you're married. Uh, how are you going to get married if you have a job and property and money? And you, you can't have any of it. You don't have a money and place to live without a job. So imagine if, if they're suffering almost 50% unemployment. I, I can't even imagine what's in Cairo. It's hard to protest if, you're, if you have a job. You That's know, true. Or it's hard to try to blow up a fucking city or a town or whatnot if you have a job and you have a responsibility. I think having a job is critical for young people everywhere because I think if, if you're a young person out of the high school or out of college, you don't have a job for a long time, 
that's going to fuck you up. And like, he, the last thing we need is a bunch of young, unemployed men angry because at the whole world, because they can't have a basic thing like job, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a formula for disaster. It is, man. It really is. Like, it is a fucking formula for disaster. And I mean, I get to see it here every day with Elijah on the podcast because <laughs> we're both kind of in positions. I mean, he's almost 30. I'm 25. And neither one, we both went to fucking school graduated <laughs> and neither one of us have that full-time job you know so thank god we found out this fucking podcast to do or we'd be do going you, crazy do you, do you think you need to move to bigger city because i'm surprised at an electrical engineering degree like jesus that's a that's a real degree yeah that's what surprised me man the fact that i came out of fucking school with that and can't even get a full-time job with that when I was told that, like, all the way through fucking high school that, oh, go and do electrical, that's a big deal. Like, you know, it's going to be a big fucking thing. But then as soon as that happens and I graduate, it's like, oh, yeah, those are really, you know, we're not looking for people like that anymore. It's just, even in bigger cities, man, I lived in Ottawa, which is only an hour and a half from here. But it's like almost, I don't know how many people are there, 600,000 maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like whatever it is. There's got to be more than that. Maybe it's more than that. I mean, but Kitchener I... Waterloo has something like two million in it. Okay, maybe it's a million or something. Whatever it is, though, I was in a big city, and even in those big cities, it is almost impossible to find a legit full time job in my field that's not a contract position, which wow. is fucked up. <laughs> it pisses me off every day because I just got called back for a job that's only till the end of December. So I'm good till the end of December, but then what the fuck after that again, you know? Well, you know, I because I'm definitely losing money on this thing. Then I'm I'm lucky enough to have people listen to the show, and every once in a while, people donate money to the show, and I really appreciate it because, um, for one thing, I, I'm shocked anyone would donate money to podcast show, <laughs> but much less mine. But I really appreciate anytime they send me even a little bit because. It, it really is desperate time for me because, you know, I look at you guys. You guys are young. You're onto something. And you're, relatively speaking, podcasts are probably new, especially in Canada. So you guys could be one of the early guys in Canada and keep working at it. Um, you know, still T-shirts and whatnot. Eventually, you get bigger guests and so on and so forth. And, you know, this might lead into a radio show. Who knows? But I think you guys are educated enough and smart enough to figure out some solution, you know. But, man... It's not fun looking from my angle, 44, and I do get some comedy gigs here and there, but, yeah, it's really scary looking for a job right now because um, uh, I do podcasts, and I've, I've, I, I've said some horrible stuff on, on air but when I'm drunk, you know? so <laughs> Don't we all? But, you know, I have – I mean, if, you, if they look, they could see me pictures with, like, I wasn't naked, but – Pictures of with naked girls, and I definitely say every possible worst racist stuff. I've said it all. I'm not even gonna. I say that <laughs> shit in front of black black people and Latino and, and people too. I say all sorts of sexist, homophobic stuff, and um, you know. So when people do research, they'll find it right away. I have a bad credit, um, and uh, I'm not really good at taking orders from somebody that I don't really respect. You know. Oh, I hear but, you on that one. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of like I'm like a really fat, ugly girl in high school, but I, I demand to date a fucking high school quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have such a high expectation, and I have no reason. 
I don't even deserve it, but that's I don't know. I just stubborn, you know. And um, that's the I don't American know what the dream, man. That's yeah. the American well, dream. Maybe it's an American delusion because I, I I delude myself thinking that way too. Because I hope you guys come down here because it's crazy for me because I have so little money yet. I know so many super rich people, right? And I know guys like David Cho, who is, you got to hand it to him. He turned everything in his life into a goal. I know Russell Peters and all these other rich people that I met down in LA. So it's, it's dizzy. Like, I'm so unsuccessful and poor. Yeah, these guys work really hard. But at times, they're so good at what they do. They just turn everything into goal. I don't get it when people could do that, that, that they're that confident in themselves and like they kind of knew that it was going to happen to them i never thought that shit could happen to me i get free lunch i think like wow american dream right there you know yeah and, uh, yeah um I, I i wish nothing but best for you guys um i i hope i get to visit canada someday but i just don't want to pay 250 to visit canada no, no. I just fuck that <laughs> we can meet at the border and talk yeah we'll meet at the border <laughs> Um, so, you know, maybe got 10 minutes or so, I, uh, what, what do you think you guys need to do to, cha- you know, take the, your podcast a different direction, higher numbers and shit? Um, uh, what do you we've, think? We've kind of been discussing, uh, some ideas about, uh, some contests and that, um, kind of implementing some, like, uh, games, little things like that, just that would be regular things that could uh, get people involved. We really like it when people are uh, talking to us and, and giving us ideas, things to talk about, so on and so forth, because we want it to be an interactive kind of podcast, you know, not just not yeah. just who we're talking to, but just the, the people who are listening also giving us ideas and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, that's really what we want to be is like the fucking people's podcast, because with the guests that we have on, too, I mean, we had you on, we had Adam Scorgi on, but we also have people like... Waterboxer or yeah. Death Squad Illinois yeah. or at Dirty Myths and those are just regular fucking Joes like us that get to come on and just shoot the shit. You know what I mean? So I think if we really just keep doing what we're doing like I really, yeah. I don't know what else to do to make it better because I mean I already love it the way it is and it's hard to yeah. see it changing much other than the fact that if we could somehow get more people and get sponsors and get a little bit of fucking money from doing it that would be amazing but I don't know with the podcast scene in Canada right now, if that's even really possible. Yeah. I mean, did they listen to it while they're driving? Oh, yeah, man. I And like me, too. I have a job where I can actually listen to my headphones at work, so I listen to nine hours worth of podcasts every single day at this job <laughs> that I do. So it's just people that either, like in L.A., that have a long commute, because some people work from Pembroke and drive to Ottawa every day. Yeah. So that's three hours of driving. So yeah, a lot of some people do listen to podcasts, but a lot of people have no fucking clue what they are. Like I tell people we do a podcast and they're like, "What the fuck's a podcast?" Yeah. They just have no idea. So you got to say, "Well, it's like a like a talk radio show, but it's on the internet. You can say fucking tits and nobody cares." <laughs> you know. But I don't know. I just I really hope that more people start to listen to it and fucking send us like uh, send us fucking tweets and shit and and get involved with whatever you want to hear us talk about because we'll say like hey guys what do you want to fucking hear us talk about tonight and people will send us links yeah we uh we met waterboxer by having an open uh open mic night we just left skype on and said on twitter you know anyone wants to call in and have a chat with us go ahead we're just going to be talking about fucking whatever and 
Yeah, and then Water Boxer called in and he talked with us for uh, two hours. I think almost. it was about two hours. Yeah, and fucking wow, what an insightful guy, man. He's he's got a lot of stories to tell. He's down in L.A. too, so I mean, I'm sure you've probably. I don't know if he's follow. I'm sure he follows you on Twitter and shit, but but yeah, Wait, Water who was, Boxer. Who, who was it again? Water Boxer. It's at Water Boxer on Twitter. He's big in uh, like the death, the underground death squad sort of thing on Twitter. I guess that you sounds know. really familiar. I'm sure you've heard, like, if you listen to Joey, like, Diaz's podcast, Church of What's Happening yeah. Now, you probably heard his name mentioned on that because he always gives a shout-out to Waterboxer. Okay. So that may be I'll where you fucking heard that from. Oh, uh, I better uh, talk to Joey about that. Okay, so I have two questions, and uh, I, I got to go. But, um, you know, I'm not a big hockey guy. I'm learning to love it more. I made a couple of the guys from Detroit Ravens, and they were nice to me, so I followed. I tried to follow them, but... I gotta say, how big is Don Cherry in Canada? Honestly, I mean, <laughs> he's as big as the Putin. He's as big as the Putin, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even know all the technicality, technical rules about hockey, but I just love listening to him talk. I mean, he just, I, I just so exciting when he, uh, whenever when I get to see a clip of him going, just going off. And whenever he called those European hockey players a bunch of sissies, or whatever, he, <laughs> yeah, it's just um, what is the equivalent in America? Like, how big is it? it's like? Is it like John Madden? Because he, John Madden is just well loved, respected guy. I mean, what what is the equivalent yeah, in Canada? I, I would say that's that's a pretty fair analogy. I would say yeah, John Madden and fucking Don Cherry. That's pretty good because he really is. When you think of hockey. It's hockey night in Canada when that's Shit, on. That should be on an epic rap battle of history. It should be Don Cherry uh, versus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Don Cherry's yeah. fucking huge, and whoever Ron McLean, that guy, he always Ron cuts McClain. off or whatever his name <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? But he is man. He's big here, and I mean personally myself, I couldn't give a flying fuck about hockey, but a lot of Canadians do care about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, you know, it, I, I'm obsessed with the three major American sports. You know, basketball, football, and baseball. But I have to say. When that guy's talking, I mean, to me, he's more of uh, he's more important than actual game because I just love hearing talk because um, <laughs> it's almost like Vince Lombard. He really fired people up, and I think mm-hmm. I mean he's he's still he have uh, he's I know Russell Peters well loved, but still Don Cherry is bigger than Russell, right? In eyes of Canadians. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No offense to fucking oh, Russell because yeah. he's awesome. No, 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 yeah. no. But Don Cherry oh, wears a different suit he, every single night. And they're so colorful. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been in everyone's household Monday night, right? Whatever fucking hockey night is, yeah. yeah he's been around for 30 years probably. Yeah, doing the same thing. And I mean, he's the fact that he's still so emphatic with what he does. I mean, and, and he's he almost seems like one of the more real sportscasters because he doesn't seem like he's holding anything back. He puts everything he's got into it, and it yeah. seems like he doesn't uh, he doesn't pull any punches. Oh, he pulls punches, and he fucking, well, glad that he pulled those punches. That's what he's awesome. That's why people like him is because he'll tell it how it is. No, no, uh, by pulling a punch, it means if I'm going to strike you and I pull my punch, oh, it yeah. means I'm not actually hitting you. I got you. He doesn't pull you. the punches. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just like his... Uh... Facial hair and his crazy <laughs> outfit, but he just reminds me of one of my crazy uncle. And like, just oh man, uh, I didn't know who the fuck he was. My ex work uh, co worker Steve is a huge hockey fan. He sent me a clip, and like, I couldn't stop. Li- 
I ended up listening to his clip for like next ten hours. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. I, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it's great. Um, he's a great ambassador to hockey. My last question is, and this is something I'm always curious about: um, the prostitution thing, uh, issue in Canada. I guess it's, it's illegal, or it's yep. illegal. Yep. No, it's no. illegal right now. But they uh-huh. were trying to open up a red light district. I think in Toronto. Is it still illegal? I thought uh, I thought there was sort of like some sort of protection net for prostitution. I'm not 100. percent There's no brothels. It's, I it's don't not think. It's... legal, legal. But I think I think there is a, a place like that where they have to register or something like that. I'm not 100 percent sure. But to be I, honest. Think, I think you're able to quote unquote operate one. It's no Tijuana, Mexico. That's for yeah. fucking sure. It's okay. it's a real gray area right now. I, I I gotta tell you, I don't know if you guys ever went to Vancouver, Canada, but, but one of my fondest memories was going out to Vancouver. Um, Simo and Richard, those are parallel street. I I have to say they had the best looking street hookers in the whole world. <laughs> really, in Canada? I, I at, at the time, um, I, I, and you know me, I've seen a lot of prostitutes all over the world, but I think if I remember, I I, I asked the price, and that's. That that had partially had something to do with it. Those girls are really expensive. I mean, you're 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 talking about like five hundred thousand, uh, maybe even two grand. It was something ridiculous. But man, those women were incredible looking girls. I mean, they're just amazing looking girls. And uh, you know, it's been over eight nine years. Last time I was driving around, but yeah, um, I I tip my hat to you, Canada. Thank you, NAFTA. <laughs> Because I, I gotta say, there's a lot of pretty attractive girls up there, um, and uh, people are very, very friendly. And I, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm just repeating myself like an idiot. But I really miss going up to Canada, and uh, I, I hope one of these days when I can go up, and when you guys could come down, maybe we could do, um, I don't know, dual podcast or whatever. That would be um, you awesome. Guys, you guys should definitely should come down here if you can. Uh, there's We're a lot trying, of Canadian man. Act- we really are looking for a that way is, to get down to that's L.A. That's our ultimate goal is to make it to L.A. <laughs> yeah, that is our fucking goal because it really does seem like that's the podcast capital of the world. And I would just fucking love to be able to sit down in a room with you and whoever else and actually do a real podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 you should with those guys because um, um, it's always good to have people from different countries, too. So, you know, for me, the biggest surprise was the healthcare thing. I'm, I'm really stunned. I uh, because they were so raving about it for this long to find out that it's not as good as I thought it was. It does make me think twice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but boys, it's it's been two hours. Do, do you have any uh, question for me before I let you guys go? I was just wondering if we'd be able to fucking just tell people where to find our shit and all of that stuff. Because I I was wondering about you too. You went to Comic Con right for the first time this year. Like to oh, actually no, no. do a panel, or did you do that before? Um, the first time I went was like a late 80s. Then I didn't go there for a long time until 2004. And then I've been going every year since then. But uh, this year I was actually um, invited to do a panel with Chris Gore. You know, the guy used to have a show called Attack of the Show on G4. And uh, Pod Crash is a podcast show. And I did it with the Adrian Curry, uh, Stephen Kramer, Glickman. Chris Gore and uh, myself, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, it's kind of cool to sit there and actually do a panel at San Diego Comic Con. So it's the biggest one out there, and I think I'm doing a, another panel, Dragon Con, which is Atlanta, Georgia. 
the last few days of August and first few days of September of this year. Shit, that's pretty fucking cool, man. Oh, and there was one other thing I wanted to ask you. Is uh, what happened to Lilith? Is she not on there anymore with you? She 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 quit. Of course, I, I don't want to make it like she's crazy because I say something about her, and uh, I calm the fuck down more so than now. But um, um, she quit the show. I uh, I say something about her. That's something that her mom said about her. But um, um, you know, she's she's dating David Cho's manager right now. Oh shit! So there's some conflict going on there for sure. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a problem with her dating. That's her business. It's just um, she, she 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 knew I was distraught over Dave not going to Afghanistan, which he did later on. But he did nothing for my friend's charity. That was the whole purpose of me asking Dave to go to Afghanistan. He went to Afghanistan. He did other people's stuff, charity and stuff, but he didn't do anything for my friend's charity. Uh, but before even that, before that, I had a conversation with Lilith that um, I was distraught because, you know, whatever the difference I had with Dave, you know, why take it on the girls, women of Afghanistan? You know, they 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 suffer enough. You know, if he's such a prominent person, maybe if he did something for them, they could raise money and help educate those women. You know, but yeah. um, because I couldn't get along with Dave. Um, you know, to two people, when people hear when Dave complain about me, those are legitimate complaints. Problem is, he doesn't tell you the whole story, you know. It's like watching the movie Pearl Harbor. You take the part where Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor, you take that part of that out of the movie, and you just watch the movie. You just wonder, like, why are, the, why are Americans picking on Japanese? Well, they're not picking on Japanese because they got bombed, you know what I mean? So, um I'm biased. He's biased, uh, but um, I, I thought I thought Dave was not. I don't think Dave was a fit, being fair, uh, and I have a problem, serious problem with it. So he got mad at me. I got mad at him. He didn't go to Afghanistan. I was distraught, and I told Lilith about. I, I feel really sad, and it really hurt me. You know. Um, so while we're having this conversation, while I'm telling her, within short, shortly after that time, while I'm having problem with Dave and his manager, she emails Dave's manager and start dating the guy. Um, it's not like jealousy. I don't give a shit. I only, I only get hookers. I'm not interested in having girlfriend. And um, it was like a professional relationship. But I just thought, you know, she couldn't wait one month, two months after I had a problem with Dave and for her to just ask me, she's thinking about doing this. I, more than anything, it's not even like betrayal. I just thought it's kind of like a really dumb move, you know? Like, what, what do you think how I'm going to react? Like, it's not even fair to her new boyfriend. Like, we used to go on the road, share hotel room when we did shows and stuff. Yeah. It's not cool for it's not cool for him, you know? We, we didn't do anything. We're not going to do it. But I don't think it's cool for him, and I don't think that's cool either for her to go on the road sharing a room with me i mean that's just weird you know and out of all the guys she she could pick she picked this one fine you know but um she did say that you know um uh, I'm, I'm taking on her for the whole afghanistan and i should blame myself for sabotaging um the whole afghanistan because i didn't get on with dave I, I, 
there's things that have happened between me and Dave, and I, I'm always surprised fans take inside of Dave or for my side for that matter, because most people don't know what my relationship, my friendship, or what little of it right now uh, outside of the pockets before the show, after the show, or some promises were made. There's things that happen in my life. I only shared to a couple of people. I told something to Dave, and I don't want to talk to anybody else. I don't even even talk to my brother because Dave was trying to force help on me. But I told Dave, like, Dave, something's happened with me. I just want you to leave it alone because I don't want you to bother, don't bother me about it. And unfortunately, during the DVD essay, he tried, he brought, put me in the spot where he made agreement not to pull that shit on me. So that's why I was angry the whole time because there's things that happened to me. I don't want to talk about it to my family, my brother. There's things I don't want my brother to know, you know? Mm-hmm. And he made, he made him promise just leave, drop it, you know? And during the show, I couldn't defend myself because only David and I knew. And he just presented me like the guy who wasn't being a fucking team player, you know, or the guy who wasn't willing to do the stuff that he was willing to do. I mean, for him to say, hey, I brought my ex-girlfriend on the show. Why can't you do yours? Well, it's a different thing, isn't it? Uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm fucking nobody. So if I bring my ex-girlfriend from, what, 10, 15, whatever, 15 years ago, whatever it was, oh, she'll, she'll have a field day. She'll talk shit about me because I'm nobody. But... Let's be honest here. Dave is a wealthy guy and a famous guy. Women like alpha male, and Dave is a, a capital A alpha male. And what girl who used to date Dave going to come on the show and talk shit about him? Because they're still wishing, uh, in my opinion, that there might be a chance to be with the guy. She's not going to yeah. talk shit about that guy. It's not the same thing. It's just not even fair. And I, the, no. so when Dave said, Dave said on a girl, ex-girlfriend episode that I didn't say anything, I would just, the reason I didn't say anything because I was disgusted the whole time. Like, why would this dumb girl will say anything bad about you? She's not going to. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I don't believe she was going to say something to Jeopardy, even having an opportunity to be with a guy. I don't believe that at all. No, she would have came in there and acted the nicest fucking possible because who doesn't want to be with the rich guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, they're going to they're not going to come in and say, you're a piece of shit and you fucking animal and all of this. Yeah, because they're probably thinking like, oh, maybe I could be back with them. I got to be fair to Dave. Dave is a charismatic, talented, intelligent guy, emotional because he's artist, I guess. And girls were a lot of girls were interested in him even before he was famous and rich. That's fact. This I don't want to present it like only reason you get girls because it's rich. He was getting girls, but it's when you're this prominent rich, it's hard. I, I have to admit, it must be hard for him to know who's genuinely like him, you know. Because I knew Dave yeah. before he, I knew Dave before I knew he was rich. I just liked him because he's some crazy Asian fucking good to travel to Africa and crazy places. I love that kind of shit. So I liked him. I didn't know he was going to be that famous, and I didn't know he was rich. I just like crazy funny people. That's the kind of people I like. So um, so I want to be fair to Dave. Dave was getting girls. But I just thought for him to say it, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not right that I don't bring ex-girlfriend and talk about it. Like, come on, man. All my ex-girlfriend hate me, and I hate them. You know what I mean? It, it, it just won't be same composition. And, and there's another thing I resent when he say, I'm not being team player. And Dave, to this day, would deny it. But you could talk to his friend, Joey Kurtzman. I remember when we during the KGB, the first podcast with him, he told me to save Sunday and Mondays for doing podcasts. So I canceled all the gigs. 
so we could do podcasts. He's a friend. I want to do things to support a friend. And come three weeks, he went to Vegas, right? And uh, that's not cool because I'm not a, I'm not a rich guy. I'm always repeating this story, but this shit still makes me mad. Um, so I give up three weeks of paid gig. And all I wasn't blaming Dave. You know, I don't know what addiction is. I don't know what gambling and all that shit. I just told Dave, like, Dave, you just can't take people for granted. I'm not rich like you. You know, I, I can't miss gigs like this. I, I need the money. And all they told me was, oh, you just have an issue with me being rich. I don't have a fucking issue with you or anyone being rich. You just shouldn't take me for granted, that's all. But so whenever, whenever he says stuff, Dave just have a bad memory. Like, oh, he only remember when I do something bad to him. Um, I remember when I do bad things to him and then when he does bad things to me. So whenever he says something during the show that I don't agree or sound like bullshit, I, I always try to say it, say something. But he'll interrupt. Once he interrupts me, I don't fucking talk. And I just think the whole time, like, this is fucking bullshit. Well, yeah, yeah man. And he didn't respect so, you. It, it's obvious. There's just no respect. And that pisses you off. And that would piss me off, too. Fuck yeah. Like, I mean, there's a level of respect I mean, I, that you need to have. I I, I, I don't, I don't want to say he disrespected me with a capital D. But you know how emotional he gets? Once he, I do, too. Once I get mad, I, I don't even give a fuck. I just say all kinds of horrible stuff. <laughs> so he does that. You know, I mean, we're both horrible. I mean, when we were mad, we said some some fucking personal, personal shit. But um, I, 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 I don't know what to say. But as far as Lily, you know, I, I just think I wish she didn't do it the way she did. But it's just so dumb. Like, um, it's a conflict of interest. And timing was so bad. And she just think, oh, you know, I'm at fault for the Afghanistan. She, I could say this for 100%, and I know people might think bias. There's many things that happened to me with Dave that she doesn't know a lot of it, a vast majority of it. And, and, and anyone who were in my position where he had a lot to do with me losing my job, the guy was ridiculing me for being a a janitor for it, and I have no shame doing duty job. I, it's just that I, I, I receive money from the state. I asked him not to talk about that. He promised he's not going to talk about it. First episode, he talked, he threw me under the bus talking about me working for him. So he would do all kinds of shit like that. So I don't like being treated like that, but he's my friend. I took it as, as long as I can. So she doesn't know shit about what happened to me at all. And she's very sensitive when all the shitty things that happened to her. But the, the reality is, the guy that I had a problem, his, her boyfriend, the manager, and her, and, 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 and the logic and Dave, I got to say, when they say DVDSA with sensitive artists, they really are talking about themselves because I'm not that sensitive. Like, I took a lot of uh, abuse and shit. I took it and over and over and over, and I'm trying to figure out, like, why is he doing I don't get why he's trying to do it because... If he's, trying, if he's trying to break me, he's not going to break. I'm broke. You're not going to break me. Worst things that have to happen to me. But I, I took it as, as long as I can. But the whole thing was Afghanistan, you know, everything. It just add up and like, it's, it's enough is enough, dude. I, I just, you can um, only take so much before, like you said, enough is enough. I just want fairness, you know. And um, every time I brought my grievance, he's dismissive of that. I'm like... Even with the potato chip thing, right? Okay, I was goofing on him. He said, I don't give a shit about your intention, what, what you were trying to do. You know, uh, you violate my trust. But he gave me permission to live at his warehouse. 
and on my podcast in public is saying, oh, you should take advantage of my inability to remember shit. Like, he threw me on the bus like, you, you, you had a lot to do with me getting fired. Do you have to take my fucking name too? It's, it's this kind of shit. Like, but they just don't see it that way. And I guess I don't see his grievance against me either. But um, to answer, to finally uh, finish the uh, podcast <laughs> about, Lily, about Lily, it, it, it just pisses me off to no end because so many people told me not to work with her. She's not trustworthy. None of my female friends trusted her except Asa. I still buy her uh, from Talking Shit Podcast. Even ADF, they told me, like, you should, you should, they said, like, she's not trustworthy. I still buy people unless they gave me a reason not to um, trust them, you know? So I still buy her. And to her, when, when she knew I was having a problem with these two guys, she, she, she thinks nothing of it. When I'm, I'm the lowest with a guy I'm having a problem with, both those two guys, she thinks it's not a big deal to send an email and start dating the guy. I, I, I just don't understand why she feels that way. Um, you know, what, uh, I'll give you one example, I'll let you go. But she told me one time she had her ex-roommate or roommate was a film director and editor filming some scene, some short film that she made. So he's doing it for free, filming and editing. And the guy's girlfriend was there, and she asked the, uh, uh, her roommate's girlfriend to play a couple roles, a couple scenes for the short film. For whatever reason, this actress didn't want to do it. Well, Lily was telling me, like, well, you need to get, the, get out of here. I don't think she's like, get the fuck out of it, but you can't be here, whatever. But my thing was, okay, she's actress, but her boyfriend's doing you a favor, filming, editing, and stuff. And if, for whatever reason, she doesn't want to do it. Maybe she doesn't. She's not in the mood or she doesn't want to do it. Whatever it is, if she doesn't want to do it, she's a grown person. She doesn't have to do it. Yeah. I don't I really don't think she's in the position to say you need to get out of here because her boyfriend's doing all this shit for you for free. So I say to her, like, well, you know, Lily, the way you explain it to me, I I, I don't know if 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 I, I think I don't know I don't think it's not it's not a bad thing that she said she doesn't want to do that scene. You know, it's like, I don't think she's been a bitch about it. Um, I think it's okay for her to stand around and watch because her boyfriend is doing you a favor. And she just says something like, I don't care, I'm right. Like, all right, I mean, I'm not trying to convince you to change your opinion. But to me, it sounds like her boyfriend's doing you a favor. She doesn't have to do a favor for you, you know? No. It's, it's, just, it's just like that in L.A. When you guys move to L.A., there's a lot of that, like, People with mental problems and mental issues. I'm not, I'm not saying she has it. I think it's anything. She's way younger than me. Maybe she's just, she's a very smart, book smart person, but maybe it's like a life thing or awareness thing. But um, in LA, there's a lot of these personalities and people with a lot of egos and people who feel like they're entitled or they, they think they're better than everyone. I don't, I don't feel that way. Um, I, I just think I had that's what I, my biggest grievance with those three is that I, I just can't believe with all the shitty things that they do to other people, they're so sensitive when people do that to them. I don't, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a racist shit. I say racist shit to everyone. I'm never going to get mad at somebody saying racist stuff. How, how could I? Yeah, that's, exactly. That would be ridiculous. If I'm being rude to people, I, 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 I cannot be 
offended by when people are being rude. All I'm asking Dave is like, look, don't get upset when I'm rude to you because you're being rude to me. And like, he just won't tolerate it when I do that to him. Yeah, he can he can dish it out, but he definitely cannot take it. No, that's the classic like fucking bully syndrome, man. Is you can pick on people, but as soon as they turn the fire on you, that pisses you off ten times more because you're like, what the fuck are you doing talking back? <laughs> that's and, the, and, and, you know. And and, to, and once again, to be fair with Dave, I, I don't know what it is like to him because I tried to ask that question in my podcast when I interview him on my podcast, but he keep interrupting. But uh, let's let's be for a second very fair to Dave. All of a sudden, a year and a half ago, millions of people knew your business, you're rich. You have to be highly suspicious, you know. I I, don't, I can't blame him, and then uh, yeah. it must be stress. It must be stressful and. Let's be also be one, one time be more fair here too. Now that he accomplished so much, people are gonna say like, well, "What are you gonna? What are you gonna? What, what did you do after Facebook?" I'm sure he's under a lot of pressure too. Oh, you know, absolutely. That's, that that's a sign of successful people. Like, it, it's never enough to success one thing. They have to succeed the second and third and fourth. So, you know, I'm sure Dave is trying to reorient it and trying to figure out what the hell is going on in his life because he doesn't know. People change. Maybe he think I change around him. I I I I think I I don't think I change. I still think I'm same difficult guy that gave him hard time when <laughs> when I didn't when I don't agree with him. And I'm not gonna say yes to him just because he's Dave and rich or something. I, uh, I I'm a yes maybe a no man depends what it is. And I just fucking hate anyone trying to make me do things I don't want to do. You know, and maybe maybe because uh I was treated like in Japan. I just feel like I live in Asia where people are forced to do things that they don't want to do or guilt you in doing things that they don't want to do. I don't live there anymore. I live in North America. I'm not going to be like this typical Asian Americans who um, don't realize how lucky they're here and they still keep the Asian mannerisms. And I, I just, I just scratch, it just drives me crazy. Like, look, you're born here. You don't have to be Asian. You're Asian. That's it. You don't have to be more Asian than that. Take advantage of being free. You know, a lot of these people in America are f- afraid to be free in a free country. Oh, yeah. It's it, it, it just, it's, it's really, uh, just makes me angry that um, who cares if your parents are going to disown you? At the end of the day, you have to live your life, you know? So, only contribution, and this is something I, I think I'm on the same page with Dave. Um, he's, he's successful, I'm not. He's popular, I'm not. But at the end of the day, we're not typical Asian Americans, and um, I think no matter how fucked up I am and how much trouble I am in financially, all that, it does give me a bit of a relief whenever I get email from these Asian American kids that, um, you know, because they're own, they're always being tortured by parents and like, look at look at that Asian guy or Asian girl going to college and doing this and that. I feel like I give them a little bit of relief, like, you know, they're fucked up Asians too. And like, if I'm feeling bad and I'm not able to work or do homework, it's because I'm not feeling good. And maybe, maybe when they see people like me and Dave, I, I don't know, maybe it gives them a bit of a relief. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hoping for that. Very least for that, you know, if, if I get that, I, I could at least justify not making anything during stand-up and fucking podcasts. Yeah. Exactly, man. That's the thing. You got to really fucking whatever you're happy with in life. That's kind of the mentality we have now. Like we fucking enjoy doing this podcast and we're going to keep doing it till something fucking happens because 
I've never put this much work into anything. I don't think Elijah ever has. Uh, I put in close, but not fucking basically having two full-time jobs. No, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if we keep doing this and just fucking hope for the best, then, I mean, hopefully something comes along. Because that is the thing in life. you got to do what you love, and eventually, hopefully, something happens with it. Yeah. Because I'm the same I, I, way. I, I, I don't want to be corny to say that, but I, I, I believe that, too. I think you guys could keep doing it. Um, I, I think in ten years you guys can look back how uh, how much of a struggle it was, but I think it's really worth it. And uh, the I, I could tell um, you're not going to succeed in anything in life unless you really work hard but obsess over. It. And it sounds like you guys are, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys met each other and doing this. And uh, you know, um, I wish you nothing but the best. So one more time, tell everyone the complete full title of your podcast. <laughs> It's called What the Fuck Are They Talking About Podcast. And uh, we're on Twitter at, at WTFATTA. We're on iTunes. All you got to search is WTFATTA. And we're also on Stitcher, too. So, I mean, the true name is What the Fuck Are They Talking About? But pretty much everything is WTFATTA. Yeah, and uh, you can also find our blog at WTFATTA.blogspot.ca. And... Um... Yeah, all of our shit's there, man. All the fucking 70 episodes that we've done, yeah. they're all up on that website. So, yeah. Um, oh, and our email is WTFATTAPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm sure um, you guys don't have a problem, but yeah, anyone have a question about Canada, places to visit? I'm sure you guys don't have a problem. Um, question, maybe a topic for Canada, you know, contact these guys because. Um, you know, I, it's a it's a wonderful way to find out about another country while getting entertained by you guys. You know, and, uh, <laughs> well, thanks, man. I absolutely. appreciate it. Thank you. Um, before I let you guys go, Chad, what's your last name? What's your full name? My full name is Chad Sullivan. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Elijah, what's your last name? Uh, Elidke. Uh, sorry, uh, my name's Elijah Lidke. Okay. Um, well, thanks for contacting me, and uh, I don't know when I'm going to put it up, but as soon as I get it. I like to put it up. And uh, do you have a preference what to call the title, or you want to make it up? Oh, honestly, man, it does whatever the fuck you feel like. Call it. We <laughs> yeah. could be called like uh, the Canadian Connection or some bullshit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I mean, right. we we'll, we'll be Yoshi's Canadian Connection because we kind of are. <laughs> we just fucking blew your mind about Canada a bit. Um. Yeah. So. Um. I'll, I'll IM you my uh, email and uh, send all the information, but. I'll send you guys my numbers too, but yeah, just um, contact me whenever, whenever, and uh, you know, I I hope um, you guys have a chance to come. You don't have a immigration problem. You 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 just didn't have opportunity to come down to LA. You could cross the border, no problem. Oh yep. fuck yeah, both yeah. of us could make our way down to LA. It's just uh, the money issue. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only fucking thing. Goddamn student loans. Yeah, can't bastards. even declare bankruptcy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But no, man, if we ever do make it down to L.A., we're, we'll like, fuck yeah, we'll for sure let you know. We'd love to fucking meet up with you down there. Or fucking if you ever right. make it back to Canada after all the, uh, you know, I guess you got a little more time waiting there. But if yeah, fuck, man, we've got to meet up and sit down and actually fucking do a podcast. Fucking right. Uh, I'll, I'll love to do that. And if you guys ever have American comment comedian nearby, uh, uh, contact me and let me know. And uh, if I know them, I want to make sure they interview guys. So anyway, um. Thanks for listening to this uh, episode of Yoshi Din. I'd like to thank Chad and Elijah. What the fuck are they talking about? Please check out their podcast. Uh, you know, it's a fantastic way to learn about Canada. And 
please uh, download Yoshiden app at the uh, Apple Store. And this episode was sponsored by Chris Gore's Celebrities Poop, the book. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks, Elijah. Thanks, Chad. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Have a good night.